This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we're talking Mission, call it Impossible, dash, Fallout. Mission accomplished. Accomplished? Wait a minute, I forgot my introduction. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hello! Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. We cover some various movie topics, jump into a mostly spoiler-free review, then jump back into other fun movie topics. This is episode 333. 333! It's a good one to be on, then. This is perfect. It worked out. It's all been leading up to this, some would say. Yeah, right. The fallout of things. Episode 333. (laughs) And uh, this week, speaking of fallout, we are talking Mission, colon, Impossible, dash, Fallout. I was going to see if you were going to do the dash. This is our favorite series because it has so much punctuation in it. Like, you know, others just get away with one single colon or maybe an exclamation point every now and then. This is, we got, we got two things within the same title. I mean, we name it all. We, we do name it all. That's the, <laughs> that's the promise we keep is these sequels keep going. We'll keep naming punctuation. Uh, joining us this week to discuss Mission Colon Impossible Dash Fallout, uh, we have from Zachy's Corner and the host of the Nostalgia Theater podcast and the Movie Film podcast, currently mounted on top of a bullet train, it's Zachy Hassan. Howdy, howdy. Also joining us, writer for Engadget and one of the hosts of the Slash Film cast, recording from the inside of a vault while suspended in the air, it's Devendra Hardwar. Hey guys, how's it going? Good, good to Good. have you guys. How are you guys doing tonight? Just PG. Very well. Good. Zachy, glad to have you back as always. Yeah, it's been a while, it feels like. Yeah, it's been, well, it's, I feel it's because we keep like, every time we try to do a commentary, I keep wanting to get you on, and then it doesn't work Dude. out. <laughs> yeah, bl- blame my wife and children, always getting in the way of my fun time. I mean, you, Those I mean, kids. you, you have like two times the kids that Mendelssohn has, so I mean, I guess you can get away with it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, you know, it's it's, uh, it's, good to, it's good to finally get you back on to another episode. And speaking of getting For people sure. on an episode, uh, Devendra, <laughs> it, I've been trying to kind of work you into this podcast for a while now but you know we finally made it in we finally made you on yeah this yeah it's been it's been a year-long journey but uh happy to join you guys especially for such a i don't know seminal kick-ass movie yeah <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm aware you're a big action movie fan let alone this franchise so yeah it's, it's oh yeah happy to get you on for you know a movie that you probably would be happy to talk about so yep i mean we wanted to bring you on for equalizer too but Timing just didn't work out. So. <laughs> yeah, that was the reason. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm so sorry you guys reviewed that. As much as I love Antoine Fuqua, uh, man, yeah. Fortunately, we, we kept it to a minimum. We, we had a we had a much better episode last week than everyone can find now where we talked about Sorry to Bother You and Blindspotting, both fantastic movies. Amazing yeah. movies, yeah. Yeah. Abe, uh, hey, Dad's Movie Corner. Yes? He watched Blindspotting yesterday, and he thoroughly enjoyed it. Okay, glad. Glad it, to hear it. In a realm where when he likes it, like for this movie we're talking this week, for Mish Fallout, for example, he was like, yeah, it was good. Like, it's kind of like, I get that he was, like, we saw it to get, he was in the theater with me. We saw it, and he was in the IMAX, so we saw it like the, the biggest way possible, and he was impressed by it. But in the way where it's kind of like, I've seen action movies, and this is a good one. That's kind of the acknowledgement. <laughs> but, like, the way he addressed Blindspotting, he's like, I really like that. That like, the kind of thing where it's like, that's gonna stick with me. I really enjoyed that movie. <laughs> and that was Dad's Movie Corner. Yep. That's how it is. <laughs> right. TM. Mm-hmm. We got to get that through the, the patent office there on that one. We do. Yeah. That's how, that, that's how that works, right? When you trademark something, you go to the patent office. That's we just cross. We cross them over. That's how it happens. Uh, anyway, let's uh, let's get some show notes real quick. First up. Oh, I, I almost forgot to bring this up, guys. It is July 29th, which means it is the 30th anniversary of Cocktail. So what better way to celebrate one of Tom Cruise's best <laughs> movies by talking about his latest film? I think that's that's very important. I thought you were going to bring up a different movie, but yeah, no, that that makes sense to you. <laughs> it makes perfect sense. <laughs> 
What else? Things that actually matter. Uh, our commentary track. We did release last week a commentary track for Mission Colon Impossible, the first Mission Impossible film, um, which was a lot of fun, and that's up on iTunes. Now, what better way to celebrate this movie than by <laughs> waiting to see it, watching, listening to our commentary, and then saying, oh yeah, we should go see that new one. That's like that's how people do things, I believe. Um, but yeah, that's up now on iTunes. Speaking of iTunes, reviews and ratings, good to get those. Help uh, you know support our show. Log on iTunes, search right now with Aaron and You can do that thing. You can give us a star rating. That'd be cool. You can even give us a written review. I just want to see somebody type out all the characters. Just type it all out. I, that'd be great. And now, super thank you in advance. Now, when you say all the characters, <laughs> would, would, do you mean like in a like I, I in mean, order on the keyboard? Space the review space in, in iTunes. But like, like, are you just typing like A B C in that order, or just like like QWERTY keyboard style? Just like oh no, yeah, they can they can they can button mash. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We, one day that will happen, <laughs> and it'll be like a, it'll be like a two star rating. It'll be like, why is it two stars? When we try and read it on the air, it's gonna be like blah, 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 six four. I like that you humor reading it on the air. That's very that's, that's essential. In all gotta of try this. it. We do make the promise to read them on the air, so I guess yeah. that that is a that is a. You gotta factor. try new things. Yeah. Uh, speaking of trying new things, our dinosaur contest is still underway. It's we've extended it to the end of the summer. If you want to win uh, stream, uh, digital streaming codes for the Jurassic Park series, you can draw us a dinosaur. Uh, you can draw it. You can mash. You can you can mash two images together and just whatever. Uh, any kind of way you want to design a dinosaur and just name it and you throw it on our Facebook page or our Twitter page or email us at podcast at gmail.com Any of those ways, and you, you might win a, you win yourself a copy of Jura- all of the Jurassic Park movies. We got a we got a number of submissions. I'm really happy with the ones we've gotten so far. But um, although I'm curious, we haven't got any with like your face or my face on them yet, which I was kind of expecting right away. <laughs> I thought that'd be like the first thing. I'm okay with that. I'm okay without uh, having my, no, my no. face on a body of a dinosaur. I will not rest until there is a horrific image of your face on top of like a stegosaurus. <laughs> I'm gonna self submit. <laughs> All right. And I think that's it for show notes, so let's move on. Let's get to Know Everybody, where each week we ask each other a question or two, try to set the tone for the podcast, or better get to Know Everybody. everybody. I really wait on that one this weekend. I wasn't sure how the, I'll have to listen back to the audio. All right. Uh, why do you start this one off? I've got a question for you guys. Are you guys. Do you consider yourself more a field agent or an office agent? I feel like everybody wants to be a field agent, but uh, I, I'm probably more a Benji, right? Story Out as office guy, really wanted to be a field guy, maybe got there for a couple of missions and got to wear a couple of masks. That's where I sit. Okay. So you got the taste of it, and you're just like, you know, yeah. a little bit high stakes. Am I, I going to swing back here and be an analyst in the background? It's still an essential role to the team, yes. It's true. And also, you get upward mobility to try and become director of the entire right secret which is not not a good position that's like uh (laughs) professor of the dark arts right you don't want to be there (laughs) i i feel like i'd go with whichever one comes with ving rames hats like whichever whichever position affords me the chance (laughs) to to wear ving rames hats or at least have access to his collection work well, I mean, he has he has a stylish number of hats throughout this series. So, like, sure. you yeah, know, you also su- want his position, so you stick around. Like, yeah, that the entire franchise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or just meet him for drinks at the end of one. You know, what whatever works. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Zachy, how about you? Field agent, office agent. Um, I'm gonna say field agent. Uh, okay. It just se- it just seems safer to me. I don't know. You know, uh, the 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 guy. Well, it depends who I am in the field. I guess. 
Oh, you can be whatever you want to be, whoever you want uh, to be. I would not want to be Ethan Hunt. I want to be Ethan Hunt's buddy because he he looks out for his buddies, as we saw in this new movie. This like, is true. Uh, like like so Renner, I, like Jeremy Renner seems to stay out of the action, <laughs> like yeah. in, like in Rogue Nation. Like he was kind of like I'm just kind of sitting on the side, sealing with Alec Baldwin, but I'm still in the field, yeah, kind of. <laughs> I, I don't want to be jumping from buildings and, and you know hanging from buildings. Anything that involves me hanging from stuff in the sky, I don't want to do. <laughs> same, yeah. same. Yeah. <laughs> Abe, where, where are you on this? I am also with Devendra. I, I probably want to try out the field agent thing for a couple of tries, and then as my body breaks down, I'm just like, you know, I'm going to start using the brain. <laughs> all right, so I'm glad we got all that, uh, that sorted out. Uh, I, have a, I have a more relevant question. Um, sure. I was thinking about this coming out of Fallout, who, who, and feel free to kind of spitball this because I don't have a definitive answer either. Who is the best Hollywood action director today? Ooh, mm-hmm. you went there, huh? Because mm-hmm. I... I, I'm not going to say McCory is necessarily the best action director today, but he certainly seems to, he seems like he'd be up there at this point, given what he's accomplished in certainly like few he films. has escalated himself to the upper echelon really quickly. But it, it was sort of like when you see Fast Five for the first time, right? It's like uh-huh. holy shit, Justin Lin, yeah, you know what you're doing. Um, so it's it's kind of like yeah, between him and Justin Lin, and uh, I, I would say. Uh, Oh, I got a couple others. Like, if Cameron made more movies in once a decade, like, I'd try to throw Cameron (laughs) in there. (laughs) I mean, he's sleeping on money, though. You know, he he doesn't have time to get up. Yeah, I I think best action director is working today, right? That's the big one, right? Because Cameron is here and just kind of sitting on his talents. (laughs) We're promised more Avatar movies. Technically, he's he's always working, it seems like. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying for sure, yeah. I don't don't even know. But George Miller, of course. And we probably won't get another Mad Max, but I hope he has a chance to make some more action movies, even though Fury Road was like such an endeavor for him. So uh, Macquarie, I think at the very least, cemented himself as like one of the best right now well yeah my overall favorite mm-hmm. is uh that's a tough one that's a really difficult question well that's why but i made it just that's why i made it just hollywood directors too because i mean there's plenty of talent outside of like yeah. the, the realm of hollywood that could certainly right. qualify for this i think it's, it's probably him right now just because of the hype i've had for fallout like after some of those initial trailers and honestly after rogue nation was so amazing and Drake reacher also surprised us by being a nice tight little you know action movie too so oh, yeah He's definitely among my favorites. Uh, I'll have to think a little harder. I mean, I want I want Ang Lee to direct action again. I, Crouching Tiger is one of my top five movies of all time. You know, because that he blends character and drama uh, and you know, visual style so well. Yeah, the Raid guys, like they, they, yeah, he at least knows what he's doing. You know, um, even if Raid Two was a little too much. So yeah. there's a lot out. There. Still waiting for that Raid Three. Got to complete that trilogy. Well, he was making no, a Raid, Raid Two was big enough for. Two movies, I well, guess. Well, Tilly, he's making another movie, right? Like an American movie, right now. And yeah, then, he's making, then he's yeah. and then he's going to to make a to make Raid Three, or so he says. Anyway, so he says. Two, I, two, I would throw in there. Uh, Paul Greengrass, I think would would stand stand among them. As Greeny? Far as, yeah, <laughs> old Greeny. That's what we call him. I mean, uh, since when? Which Paul Greengrass? Paul Greengrass from ten years ago? Yes. Paul Greengrass from uh, any of his recent movies? Maybe other than Captain Phillips, right? Like it's. Uh, I mean, his recent movies are born movies like that's that's, that's the extent yeah, well the one like one terror so we had born like a and the right? and was, um what green okay. zone yeah <laughs> and green zone which completely forgettable so, uh, captain phillips is a decent movie but not really an action movie not really an action. and then jason Bourne is a is trash is pure trash <laughs> and also sully's the born name and also sully's Greengrass's name too because 
this is what happens when you're making a Bourne movie, you know, without your uh, buddy screenwriter. So no, I, yeah, I agree. I would still say the action in that movie, maybe not as now you're not surpassing Ultimate uh, Supremacy. This is this is think... a longer conversation. <laughs> yeah, but I, I was so disappointed in uh, in Jason Bourne that I yeah that kind of knocked Paul Greengrass out for me at least now among action directors. Mm. Fair enough. The other one I was yeah. going to throw out is Edgar Wright, honestly. Well, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Between not just Baby Driver, but I mean, World's End and Hot Fuzz have some great Hot action Fuzz, in yeah. those movies. Scott Pilgrim, Scott. It's Scott Pilgrim, of course, too. Yeah, Scott it comes to action, but yeah, yeah. he's uh, he's a good eye. He's certainly. Zachy, do you have anything you want to add in? Um, I was going to mention Martin Campbell. You know, I think uh, he's somebody who doesn't get talked about enough in terms of just his ability to really effectively. Uh, shoot the geography of an action scene where you can follow what's going on and it's kinetic and it feels grounded and real. I think Casino Royale is one of the best action movies of the 21st century. Yeah, definitely. Like he needs a good script, right? Because when you have Martin Campbell plus bad scripts, then you get like Green Lantern, but also uh, Edge of Darkness, which is an amazing schlocky thing because that was shot like where I used to live in Massachusetts. So it was also just amazing to see those locations yeah. in the movie but yeah that movie is fun but also very very bad meanwhile casino royale is like amazing yeah what was the one last year what was the last one last year with uh, jackie chan and pierce brosnan which i i, I liked as far as uh, the, yeah, foreigner. Foreigner. the foreigner yeah the foreigner, yeah, the foreigner. Yeah, the foreigner. there we go yeah you know, one of his movies that's completely, like, dropped down the memory hole. I don't know if you guys remember it. It's called No Escape. With Ray Liotta. With Ray Liotta. <laughs> yeah. Ray Liotta? Is he a crooked cop? No, it, it's no, they're, they're it's on an island. It's an, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, a it's, sci-fi movie. It's a prison island movie. Like, they're all yeah, on an island. With, and... with Lance Henriksen. It's really good. And it's and that was the first time I heard of him, because that was before GoldenEye. And yeah. it's weird, because, I, like, I can't, that movie's not on digital. Like, it does. it's like it doesn't exist. It's on that island. <laughs> that's where you can only find it is on that island. It, I, I believe it was announced like not too long ago coming to like one of the like um uh what is um like kino or one of those like blu-ray distributors oh, that, okay that also yeah, that's in. totally a film struck movie yeah yeah exactly <laughs> um but yeah like martin campbell like other ones like uh i mean john mctiernan's not exactly <laughs> making movies these days for various right. reasons oh, but like he and yeah. like andrew davis like they all fit that like 90s late 80s action guy type thing where they they do they should like like what you're saying shooting geography giving you a good mm-hmm. layout of what's happening just luke basson man like luke basson the good parts of valerian like that whole marketplace sequence is just like pure like a uh, visual geography oh, you know, yeah. brilliant like it, he just yeah. set that thing up you're so talking well. to, you're talking to the yeah. right people here yeah abe and i are yeah. big valerian fans so we are <laughs> oh man i i love half of that movie a, yeah. a year ago today almost <laughs> was when, that, when we reviewed that movie very positively because we loved it so much and then it bombed it's like streaming we expected right it now on amazon prime it is <laughs> guys let's stop this let's, 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 let's stop valerian. the podcast we're gonna go watch valerian and we're back man <laughs> movie still great great intro yeah i chatted with him actually uh adding gadgets so check out that interview but it was a nice chance to chat with Luke Besson and him getting back into sci-fi he he just sounds so excited by it too bad th- things are kind of rough for him right now so yeah <laughs> yeah maybe maybe don't do what you're doing guy I don't know what's going on there but let's move away from that and move, let's move on to our let's move to our poll um, each week on out now we have a poll question where we uh, pit two movies against each other that kind of fit the theme of this week's episode and um, the idea here is that you vote for the film that you want to save and you and by doing this the other film gets erased from history making it very tragic for certain films um, we've huh. had, we have a number of films that Abe and I have no memory of whatsoever because they've been erased from history I've never heard of these movies yeah there was something called Ants we saw last week it's like what is that we don't even know what that is anymore um, but this week we have a Wildest Stunts Edition 
And uh, I, I, I really tried to make this a challenge. And so I, uh, I put Ben-Hur against Mad Max Fury Road. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I want I want to go for like actual classic versus like could some consider a modern classic. Um, and so before I get to the results, which I do not know, and this is a very thought through poll, I see there's a number of votes here, and I, know, I see a lot of comments. I don't actually know the results. Comments. Yeah, a lot of angry comments. <laughs> um, I don't know the results yet, so I'm gonna well, I'll click after we kind of go through our thoughts on this. But um, where, where would you guys say as far between the two? What, what would you What would you choose to save versus erasing from existence? Ben Hur or Fury? road this is not a hard question i feel like at least it depends on the generation of the person who's uh who's answering this poll right but no i i, w- I would erase ben her it's totally fine gone fair zaki uh it's a hard one for me i love ben her it's probably one of my all-time favorites but i love fury road i don't know i <laughs> i'd shoot myself and save them both <laughs> i'd, I'd okay. do the heroic thing i'd do the the end of loop and this thing. is why you just got promoted at the secret agency service <laughs> it was all a test zaki unfortunately we have to erase you from existence now so that's that's the uh, real downside of this well, that's why i said it's the looper ending right <laughs> abe where are you at you know i i love both movies as well ben hur's a classic i'm saving ben hur wow it's three hours and change, and you great cinematography. I mean, I'm all for the idea of saving Ben Hur. At the same time, it's yeah. Mad, it's Mad what, Max Fury what, what Road. What makes a classic is mainly time, right? Uh, give Fury Road some time. Yeah, it, that'd be a modern day classic. I Instant mean, I classic, yes, well. but yeah. Like, I mean, I haven't seen the silver and what's the what's the, the black uh, the black and chrome edition. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I haven't seen the black and chrome edition, but. Uh, you know, just the idea that they had that on the on the release was just okay. Yeah, you guys definitely know what you guys made here. So, I, yeah, I'm gonna I'm going with Fury Road. I mean, the history from now will reflect more on that movie as far as things to for other movies to be inspired by than the chariot race in Bender. Although, I mean, there's plenty of good, amazing scenes in Bender, like, like the yeah, uh, yeah. the boat the boat the boat sequence, the whole like uh, the the uh, the line of rowers and everything, and then they had to. Go through all that. Regardless, <laughs> I'm going to click Fury Road now. Let's see what happens. 70-30 Fury Road. Okay, so once again. Okay. Well, I've never heard of Ben Hur then. We got, we got, I got to add it to the list. I'm going to do that right yeah. now. But yeah, Fury Road uh, wins the battle here. And certainly, yes, I imagine there's a generation of people that are more familiar with Fury Road yeah. than Ben Hur. Very, very good score. Or at least knowing um, Ben Hur offhand beyond just the chariot race. I'd be curious how many people, well, the last time many people watched Fury Road, or uh, Ben Hur. But it doesn't matter now, because I've never heard of this movie anymore starting to now. All right. That list has been updated, guys. So there we go. Another movie gone from existence. Some would would make a list of, like, true classics that we can't talk about anymore. Not in this podcast. We get rid of movies. That's how we do it. All right. We're our own universe. Yeah. Kill the past, yes. Exactly. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Last Jedi. (laughs) All right. Let's move on now. Let's get to... That's how... Sorry. That's how you play. Nope. No, everybody. Yeah, I almost forgot our outro to that segment there, which is very important. Let's uh, let's get to let's get to out now quickies. Yeah. Each weekend out now, we have one main movie of the week, but we also have other movies of the week that we talk about. That's why I separate called out now quickies. It's trademarked. See, I slowed it down this week, Abe. That's what I did. That's that was that's. What I don't I think we've for. ever done that before. So that was a really good turn of events. I, I wanted to slow it down. Yeah. <laughs> have you seen any other movies this week? I rewatched Blind Spotting, and seeing it a second time, I still appreciate it. I definitely see where there might be some some uh, narrative, not mistakes, but just slowness. But it's still good. And then I watched Eighth Grade, the movie by written directed by Bo Burnham, and that one was uh, that was a good one. I, I might have teared up a couple times, and uh, I certainly liked how the protagonist takes you through her life on social media and in real life, and 
if you don't like uh, that actress Elsie May, Elsie Fisher, or Elsie Fisher, by the time that you see her in the first forty-five seconds of the movie, then you probably have no heart. <laughs> uh, eighth grade did expand, I think, to a few more theaters this weekend. Yeah, and I agree, it is really good. How about you, Adventure? What, what have you seen recently? Oh, hmm. A couple things. Um, so the Brooklyn Academy of Music over here, they're having an animation, uh, kind of a festival thing. Um, so they're showing all sorts of new films and old films. Uh, I saw a movie called MFKZ, which is internationally known as Motherfuckers. It's a great <laughs> movie. Um, this is a French and Japanese like co-production. It's an animated film. Uh, it looks like anime, but it has a French soundtrack, and it's written and uh, co-directed by uh, Guillaume Renard, a French guy, and also co-directed by Shujiro Nishimi, who did one of the Batman Gotham Knights segments. Oh, cool. uh, this is a cool post-apocalyptic uh, story about a kid who's just like living you know, in the slums, has no real um, prospects in life or anything, and he discovers he may have some superpowers. And we've seen that story a lot. Uh, I think this uh, movie does some fun stuff with it. Uh, great soundtrack, great animation. Forget the studio. They did uh, some of the Animatrix. They did some of Batman Gotham Knight and Tech on Concrete uh, about 10 years ago. So great animation studio. It's just an amazing looking movie uh, with a great soundtrack. Um, hopefully people will actually have a chance to see in theaters. Um, I think it's coming out in October. Cool. Great. No, that sounds great. MFKZ. Yeah. Look out yeah. for that. MFKZ. And uh, I also saw Akira on the big screen last night and that movie still holds up. You guys yeah. uh, talk about a classic. Yeah. <laughs> that movie is amazing. And also seeing it in a full, like pretty much a packed theater, uh, definitely with people who've seen it for the first time. It is, that is quite the experience. Hmm. Highly recommended if it's ever playing near you. I'm trying to think of who, who's the latest person that's attached to direct an Akira remake. Is it Taika Waititi? I mean, <laughs> it would be happy if it was Taika, but uh, wasn't it? It was, uh, peel, it was peel for a second. And, the, yeah. and that went away. <laughs> and that was after the uh, the guy who does all the uh, Liam Neeson movies, right? Oh, yeah. Well, Yom, Yom Kalatsera. Yeah. He's actually pretty good. Like, I think he makes decent, yeah. like, good-looking movies. He's just had, you know, a, a schlockier run lately, yeah. I think. He's 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 not Hitchcock, not De Palma, not whatever's right. in between there. And then it's him. <laughs> that's, that's kind of what he is. But he's certainly, you know, I agree. I I I look forward to those Neeson films more than others these days. It it's seems. not full body Coke. It's Coke light. It's Coke zero. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, Zachy, how about you? What have you seen recently? Um, so last week I saw with the kids, I watched uh, the 1994 Street Fighter. The movie. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Because uh, they had been begging me, because they they played the video game, you know, because we have the the NES, uh, the the Super Nintendo Classic, we have that, so they've been they've been playing the game, so they know all the characters. So they're like, "Can we watch the movie? Can we watch the movie?" And I'm like, "Ugh." But I, like the more I thought about it, I was like, "Well, if there's like a window in their life, well, where they'll like have some appreciation for it," I was like, "This is it." So I put it on for them, and honestly, it was fun. The movie is not fun. But it was fun watching them because they were 100% engaged. And it was like any time a character, they'd be like, oh, it's Zangief. And oh, it's, you know. Captain uh, Sawada. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> T-Hawk or whatever, you know. And and so they were having fun. So it was fun watching it with them. But the movies, I mean, it's, it, you know, I was kind of like live tweeting it as I was watching. It was kind of funny. All the people in my mansions were like, "Man, I love this movie so much," and it's it's not it's not as bad as people say. And I'm like, you know what? It's cool that you like it, but it's bad. I mean, it's not a good movie. 
Yeah, uh, but not a good movie. I, I, but can, I can I, I can appreciate the nostalgia people. I, I I mean I I I wouldn't go as far as to say it's good. I do I do think there's a level of fun to be had with it just because of how ridiculous it is. I mean you have John Claude Van Damme as Guile, so it's like <laughs> I mean he's an American Colonel. Give him a movie. This, yeah, come on. But the, and the, like Raul Julia is giving it his all in that movie, which is I, also I've asked the question repeatedly and I can't get an answer. I'm like. I, you know, I didn't, I wasn't like a fanatic about the game, but I remember at the time, and I never got the sense that Guile was the main character in the game. Yeah, neither did we. Iron Man during Skyscraper, now he plays Ryu, and Ryu and Ken are kind of like side characters in this movie, so. Weird, right? Yeah, so that, that was odd. But anyway, I, I, saw that, uh, I saw that last week, and then last, yesterday I saw Equalizer 2. And? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> well, that was a movie. You know, I... I Here's what I'm going to say about Equalizer 2, and I haven't read any of the reviews or anything, but I was actually really engaged for, I would say, the first half. Yeah, I can agree um, with that. As one that hated I, the movie, I would say, yeah, it works for I, the most part. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I, I was actually, I, I was sort of, I really liked how the first half was very measured and how it was paced, and it was really, it was just like walking us through his life, and I just found that really interesting the things he does, you know, and I almost like if it, the whole movie was just him going through his day and just randomly beating the crap out of people, I almost would have preferred that to what we got because it just turned into this generic, like paint by numbers thing in the second half. And, and, you know, I, I just completely lost interest. And I was like, well, you know, it started out somewhat, you know, it was like, it's like low risk, low reward, where I was like, well, I was engaged for the most part for the first half. And then they just kind of lost me. So it was disappointing. Yeah, uh, Abe knows that I got somewhat angry while talking about Equalizer <laughs> 2 last week because I, I, it was a mix of what you're saying, basically, that the movie just kind of gives up and it just feels yeah. lazy. And it's like, if there's one thing I hate about I hate in a movie, it's when it, when you can feel the laziness. It's like, I'm, right. sure everyone, I'm sure everyone showed up and everything, but it's like, at the same time, <laughs> clearly you must have seen, like, something's going differently <laughs> than things were going. That's uh, how I felt about yeah, Spectre. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's weird because the guy, you know, the he's um uh, what, what's her name's partner i'm drawing a total blank you know oh, pedro pascal's character yes pedro pascal i'm like is he just heel turn guy like that's all he is in every movie <laughs> yeah between this and kingsman yeah and, and, kingsman, kingsman and, yeah. and even kind of uh, the you know the great wall like it's oh, like, yeah the great wall i forgot yeah. <laughs> i've never seen that movie <laughs> It's funny because he's likable. I wish he wouldn't just always, like, I wish when he would read the script, he'd flip to the end. Like, okay, am I going to be a a bad guy? Okay, maybe not. You know, like, do something different. He's a good actor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, Equalizer 2. It's uh, Denzel's Denzel's first sequel, and that's what he chose. All right. um, That's what he chose. (laughs) I've seen a few things I want to talk about. Uh, First is a Criterion Collection release that I mentioned last week as it came out, and now I've watched it and reviewed it for YSWD.com. A Matter of Life and Death. This is a Palin Pressburger movie. It's fantastic. It is... (laughs) It is... So the movie, it concerns a... It's set in... It was made in... 1946 it's set in 1945 world war ii it's about this british pilot who is essentially he's crashing and he's forced to jump out of his airplane without a parachute and the angel or whatever you want to call it um, doesn't see him because he's in the clouds and so he lands on earth and is still alive and it eventually becomes this kind of trial of whether he's allowed to stay on earth and keep living his life since he's fallen he's fallen in love with someone or if he has to go to heaven and this movie's really, really good. Uh, it, it, the, the visuals in this movie are amazing, where the depiction of heaven or 
the afterlife is all black and white, and mm-hmm. the depiction of Earth is all color, and it's technicolor. And if it's not an Italian film, Pal and Pressburger know how to make really good good color movies. And everything about this just clicked for me. It stars uh, David Niven, um, among other people, and it's just... I, I I was very happy I watched this movie this week. As far as movie, as far as movies I like watching something like Equalizer Two versus like no this is a movie like this is such a such a, a great disparity between like a real classic versus hey the latest thing that Denzel decided to do. Um, <laughs> so I wanted to mention that. Keeping on the same line of uh, classic movies, I also watched uh, Godzilla Tokyo SOS with uh, my lovely girlfriend. Um, this is the 2003 Godzilla film. Um, and Abe, as you know, I'm a big Godzilla fan. I'm fully aware. This one features Godzilla, Mechagodzilla, and Mothra. It's one of my, one of the more fun entries for me in, the, in Godzilla fandom, in Godzilla films. It has great kaiju action. Um, the Mothra design is very cool, um, as far as how big this thing is. And seeing Mechagodzilla versus Godzilla is... <laughs> They've had a number of bouts in films, and this in this one they they handle it quite well. As far as the year this movie came out and how they used kind of the practical effects of that time versus um, you know some past efforts, where it's like now they can really go to town with what Mechagodzilla looks like. I can only wonder what the current WB MonsterVerse would look like if you added Mechagodzilla into it. But since I'm already getting Rodan, Mothra, and King Ghidorah, I I have I have no idea what to expect on that front. But I'm I'm excited for that. So. Yeah, I'm currently trying to find who uh, who leads in that battle between Godzilla and Mechagodzilla, but I'm not finding anything on the uh, interwebs here. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed that one quite a bit. Uh, have you guys seen Shin Godzilla, by the way? Yes. Aaron did, yeah. yeah. So good. Mm-hmm. So good. Yeah. Which is just Godzilla versus the army. Is that it's, it's so much fun. <laughs> it should be, it's... honestly. Like, uh, let's go back to basics here. But uh, yeah, that movie coming from the Neon Genesis Evangelion guy, like perfection. Yeah, I like. The, so I read the the news on that where they're not going to continue that story. They're just going to go into making more other monster movies and build. <laughs> Japan's going to build its own cinematic Godzilla universe. Now that's like their their next step. And it's, on the one hand, I'm like, well, I would have liked to see more of where this current Godzilla story was. At the other hand. Sure, <laughs> make more, <laughs> make another Rodan movie. Why not? Let's see what happens. I guess still better than the Dark Universe. <laughs> that that was the universe. Well, they tried. There was that one movie. I remember that. I we'll, we'll cool what, logo. Yeah. Uh, the last thing I'll mention very briefly is Searching, um, the film with John Cho. Uh, that's set all on oh, screens, okay. oh, yeah. laptops. Oh, I saw that too. Mm-hmm. Quite good. Yeah. It it is good. I think Abe and I will probably talk about it more on a future show. I think it actually comes out around the same time as Crazy Rich Asians. So since we had a very black episode last week, I think we'll have a very Asian episode that week. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I'll bring uh, the wonton. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, but yeah, um, that is a movie that will be in limited release eventually, and I would I would recommend seeing it. Uh, yeah. All right, that was out of quickies. Yeah. Let's move on now. Let's get to trailer talk, where we talk about one of the newest movie trailers of the week, what we thought of it, uh, when it's coming out, what have you. And uh, this week we're talking Battle Angel, colon, Alita, or is it the other way around? Is it Alita Battle Angel? Alita colon Battle Angel. I wrote yes. it backwards. That's why it. I wrote it. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like it can go either way. It can either go three. It can go multiple ways. It can go Angel Alita Battle. Uh, but anyway, this yeah Alita <laughs> Battle Angel. True. Yeah, uh, we talked about this trailer before the first trailer, but there was a new and but since then the movie got shuffled all the way to December, and now they have a new trailer. And I wanted to bring it up again because I think Abe and I, I think we were, I would think I was a little more positive than you were, but I think we were excited. No, so, I was on board. Okay, good. I was definitely. On board. I'm trying, I was trying to recall our thoughts on it, but yeah, I think we're... Uh, I essentially said that uh, Rodriguez and Cameron, I didn't have to see anything else. Yeah, well, now we have a new trailer, so I've seen a little bit of something else, but before we get to us, let's talk Let's talk to you guys. Uh, Zachy, what'd you think of the trailer for uh, Alita? 
Um, well, I, I would say I liked the second trailer better than the first one, but I'm still, I'm just kind of whatever about this movie, if I'm being honest. It, I, I'll have to watch it, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm not like, oh, I'm not interested, it looks stupid, but I just, I haven't seen anything where I'm like, oh man, I need to watch it right now. It just looks like, it looks like another attempt to translate, you know, anime to live action and that hasn't generally worked out so i mean the names involved here make me a little more optimistic but it gives me a very ghost in the shell vibe to be honest and that's not a great thing for me i'd say it minimizes the controversy of the ghost of the shell comparatively (laughs) but all right cool well Uh, fair opinion yeah. yeah adventure what about you yeah as uh as a an anime fan and somebody who's been like really invested in that genre since i've been a kid uh, I'm always wary of these adaptations, and I have to say, this doesn't look terrible. That's that's all I can say <laughs> right now. But also, like you guys, uh, when was the last time Robert Rodriguez made a a good movie, like a legitimately good movie? It's been a while. Like even a movie that's fun, like uh, honestly, it was probably Machete. Machete uh, even was what I was. Machete going for. Kills yeah. was was not so fun. Uh, Machete quite good. Um, or at least just big dumb fun, like what you expect from him. So yeah. just based on what we've seen so far, uh, visually it looks really cool and looks like they're really capturing the anime aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not a fan of the big eye CG thing, uh, but the fact that it's you know a James Cameron uh, script uh, together with I think is it Lita Caligritis yeah. who did uh, I think Shutter Island, right? So yeah, that's, yeah, uh, yeah. That, that that could be interesting. I don't know. Abe, any new thoughts? No real new thoughts. I mean, I, I definitely see what you guys are saying and where you guys come from, but um, no, no, no new thoughts. I mean, I, I actually kind of like the first trailer a little bit better as well, just in terms of the, I guess, the more ambiguous, a little bit more ambiguous and and a little bit more Jennifer Connelly, which uh, I'm a, always a big fan of. But oh, yeah, I I am yeah. a big fan of uh, anime, and I'm curious how this is going to translate as well. But um, yeah, I, I don't really have any new opinions. So on to you. All right, I. I did note I because I was I watched it again to watch both of them back to back to kind of see yeah. the effects have been a little bit more they're you know further along um, than they were I think the the eyes even have been reined in a bit I I'm still I find it an interesting choice as far as how you're kind of putting that character out there and really going for it as far as that's concerned uh, you brought you brought up Rodriguez Andre, and my my thought there is I'm still excited for him breaking out of his comfort zone what I've questioned about Rodriguez's continued output is that he just kind of sits back and does what we kind of expect him to do. This is this is out there for him. This is I mean this is a giant budget with the studio and James Cameron. I if there's something Rodriguez could use it's ambition and this certainly looks like that. And so I I I'm more on the positive side of seeing something him doing something like this as opposed to making another Sin City sequel or another Spy Kids movie or another Machete movie or anything like that. It's like, all right, at least he's at least he's going for it this time around. So I I want to be on the more optimistic side. But yes, I, I can agree with what you guys wrote, you and Zachy are both saying as far as anime adaptation. Right. I, I just I want this combination of people, including Bill Pope as a cinematographer. I think that's mm-hmm. just there's a lot of potential there. It's uh, it's definitely the best. Like it's really good looking. It's a great looking movie. But then again, even Ghost in the Shell looked good. Yeah, yeah that's something we did yeah. praise. Yeah, it, it did, and they, they did some like what we mentioned. Like what we mentioned, they did some scene for scene shot remakes. But yeah, it, mm-hmm. the story definitely. When she gets to that apartment at the end, there, I just was cringing uh, in my seat. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say Cameron's like the greatest scriptwriter, but at the same time, he knows how to get to the point in his things, or at least he's very direct. He's very yeah. yeah so I, I, I feel like there's less, less worry I have about certain issues that I mm. could find in other 
attempts at this kind of thing. But uh, yeah, uh, on a personal level, I do kind of want this project to succeed just because oh, I know yeah. like James Cameron also enjoys anime and he's like been trying to get this made since the 90s. Yeah, so, like as a semi passion project. Um, yeah, kind of want to see it be a success. Uh, I wish it was him doing it, though, for sure. Interesting. I, I like I like that he's handed it off to Rodriguez of like someone I, I could see them being very similar as far as young upstarts that barely made the, made their first movie off of like no money and still right, managed right. to like become a thing out of it. It's like I could see James yeah. Cameron looking at Rodriguez thinking this kid's like me. I know he's not a kid I mean, anymore. But... That, whole, that whole thing it was like I remember when he was a young upstart and everything. I was like, oh man, I really wanted this to succeed and Sin City and everything. And man, I feel like he's blown a lot of that. Uh... <laughs> I don't know. Capital. Yeah, that goodwill. Because, yeah. I, because I think Tarantino's just like, just keep doing your thing, man. Where James Cameron's like, we can make you do more. Like, <laughs> that seems like what it's, <laughs> what's, what it's come down with. But, um, that actually does sound like something Tarantino would say to Rodriguez. <laughs> just keep doing your thing. <laughs> keep doing your thing, man. Keep doing your thing, man. Yeah. While they're eating tacos and drinking beer. At uh, Danny Trejo's uh, taco place, of course. Of course. Trejo's, yeah. Trejo's Tacos. Uh, all right, Alita Golden <laughs> Battle Angel arrives in theaters December 21st with no competition whatsoever. I think that's what we're saying, right? That's how it is. There's there's nothing else coming out on that date. There's there's not a Transformers movie, a Mary Poppins movie, or Aquaman. They're, they're not all coming out at the same time. Uh, certainly the movie that's not going to get crushed by anything at the box office. Um, no. Before we move on, let's. I, I'm curious, who saw who saw Mission Impossible Fallout in IMAX? Oh, I did. Yeah. Abe, did you? So you didn't see the first man IMAX preview? I'm I did not. No. Okay. I wanted to bring that up real quick because I'm just curious. Any? Go I see. I, I see. You guys did. I assume, right? Yes. Yes. It, it looks good. It looks very good. And also, how uh, ballsy is it to do the big IMAX preview and not give us like huge wide shots? It is all right? like, very claustrophobic yeah. close shots. I was uh, about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. all sound design, and then we get like a, bin, a a glimpse of like nice big wide screens at the end. Uh, but yeah, I am. Uh, I'm all for Damien Chazelle. I want him to, you know, keep making great movies. So this looks incredible. I mean, it really ruined that they got to the moon. But I mean, besides that, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Like, Spoiler. Did uh, they get back though? <laughs> I, you know, that, we don't I don't know. What I think is <laughs> President Lincoln okay? <laughs> if my uh, history serves, I think I think one of them's still up there. We just like we siphon food. I think that's how it him. works, right? Yeah. Uh, it's it's Michael. Michael's still up there. I think that's that's what it is. Uh, but no, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I I like the the choice that they made as far as how to present this the IMAX version of this movie. Where yeah, it could have been much grander in what they want to show off or show off the kind of the money shots of a rocket five. But instead, it's like let's show you the inside of this. <laughs> let's show you how this how this looks from Gosling's perspective. I was. I, I'm already on board with this just because I like this subject matter. I like Chazelle, so and I like all this, this cast members, so why wouldn't I want to see something like this? But uh, yeah, no, I was I was into it for sure. Well, I guess I'll have to go watch uh, Fallout again, and I'm actually to go see the trailer. That sounds so and terrible also for the, you. The extra Fallout footage, so why not? You know, yeah, you, you get like it's 30, a win-win. Thirty percent more screen or something like that. So yeah. you'd be good. <laughs> Zachy, do you have anything to, to add on that? No, I'll just echo what you guys are saying. It looks very promising. I'm, you know, it's that's probably one of my most anticipated movies of the year. All right. Well, yeah, First Man still arrives in theaters uh, October twelfth. So uh, there you go. Wait, they haven't gone on the moon yet? Yeah, they're they're on their way on uh, on the twelfth. They land and it's they shoot. They 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 live they live stream the end of the movie. That's how it works. <laughs> It'll be on Instagram and Facebook. That's going to happen someday <laughs> soon. And we just want to say that we called it here. <laughs> yep. All right. Let's, uh, that's enough of that. So let's move on. Let's get to our main review for Mission, call it Impossible, that's Fallout. This is a bad idea. Is it ever a good one? Honestly. He's not just some observer. He's an assassin. 
don't trust anybody outside of this room. You go rogue, he's been authorized to hunt you down and kill you. That's the job. No hard feelings. Which way, Betty? Turn left! Go, 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 go! What are you waiting for? I'm jumping out a window! Oh, sorry. Good luck. That should have been some of the trailer for Mission Impossible Fallout. This is the sixth entry in the Mission Impossible franchise, which has been ongoing since 1996. Tom Cruise once again returns as Ethan Hunt, and for the first time, a director returns as well. That would be Christopher McQuarrie, who puts Hunt and his crew on another thrilling mission involving stolen plutonium, past loves, past villains, CIA assassins, and insane stunts. The film actually works as a direct sequel to Rogue Nation, but it's certainly in service to its singular story as well. So with that in mind... Let's start with Zaki. Zaki, what, what's been your some brief thoughts on the kind of where you are with this franchise and then this this movie? I would, it took me three movies to get fully invested in this series, but from from movie three on, I've I've just been a fan. I mean, I I look forward to these movies coming out, and I I love their it's it's just dependable. You know what you're going to get, the kind of action you're going to get, the kind you know it's it's honestly it's like the TV show, right? Like that, mm. that's I'm somebody who grew up watching the show. And that's what I still love about that show is you can just put on an episode and, you know, in 50 minutes, you know, pretty much what to expect within that. And I love the dependability of that. Now, that being said, this movie is chock full of surprises. And, you know, Roger Ebert back in the day used to call uh, certain kinds of movies bruised forearm movies where you're like clutching the person next to you. Mm -hmm. And I went and saw it by myself. And I was like clutching my seat, you know, because it was just so intense and uh, just uh, what an experience. I mean, I want to go see it again just to have that experience again, even knowing everything that's going to happen. This is fantastic. All right. Devendra, how about you? Yeah, uh, I love the series, honestly, uh, completely. Even Mission Impossible 2. I have to say, uh, I I credit Mission Impossible 2. That's something I saw and was obsessed with and loved uh, in high school. Uh, And that movie was a phenomenon. I think we kind of forget that. That movie was huge. Uh, back in the day, it's not a great movie, um, but having just rewatched it, uh, we did a retrospective at the Slash Films cast uh, of every film in the series. Um, just rewatching it, like it is, it's a badly scripted movie. But if you like, uh, it's kind of how I feel about Attack of the Clones, right? If you mm. just like tune out the dialogue a little and just watch it as pure visual poetry, uh, you know that movie is just like John Woo, like just kind of having fun, having a complete blast. Um, you know, like I think Face Off is his best American movie, uh, but Mission Impossible Two feels like his most like poetic and artistic in a way. It's his most American movie. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, his mo- it's the most John Woo yeah. American movie. Yeah, I, I put it that way. Because um, yeah, it's a movie where two people who love each, you know, who basically court each other with a car chase, uh, you know, things like that. Right. Uh, the motorcycle fight. Like I, so I love this entire series specifically though. Like uh, it's gotten better and better with every version or with every um, after three. So three, I think was a complete reboot into the JJ Abrams universe yeah. uh, and the bad robot, uh, you know, universe of things. Uh, and three, I love three uh, mainly because I love Alias, and three is like big, big screen Alias. Give me, yeah. give me all of that. I want that. And then yeah, it's gotten better and better since then. I think Macquarie, uh, after Jack Reacher, honestly, which is such a nice, quiet, you know, little action movie um, that nobody really expected much of, but I really enjoy because oh man, there, that movie has so much going on, including that nice uh, old school car chase. 
yeah. where all the mistakes are in there and it just like feels nice and gritty. Uh, he blew me away with Rogue Nation, so I was absolutely excited for Fallout. And uh, yeah, this movie, uh, it uh, it was my most anticipated movie of the year, and it completely blew me away. It, uh, you know, I, I have no regrets and nothing I would really want to tweak or fix. Uh, I've only seen it once at this point, but it already feels like a movie I'll be watching several times in theaters. What I really love, though, is he, you know, it is, he's the guy, He it's the first time in the series where the same person who's directing the movie is writing the movie. Mm-hmm. And that, you could really tell that with Rogue Nation. You could feel that even more here. Like, it's just a single cohesive vision, uh, which really helps the franchise. I, he has a lot of fun with the set pieces. Uh, there's the, the opening sequence in this movie where, you know, they, they have, uh, they just kind of lay out the mission and what everything Ethan has to do. And it is so like it's so over the top in terms of like how much information is in there and how crazy <laughs> it is. Like it's also almost like self. It's like poking fun at itself for how ridiculous this whole conceit is of sending these you know these messages to the agent and he can choose to accept it or not. Like uh, it's so ridiculous. Uh, it's so yeah. It's so self aware. Uh, the set pieces are so like uh, incredible and inventive. Like. I didn't think he could top the car chase turns into a motorcycle chase uh, from Rogue Nation, but he mm-hmm. kind of, I think the chases in this movie kind of amp it up even more a little, uh, mainly because I'm a big fan of like really tight uh, city chases. Like Ronin. Uh, yeah. yeah, like Ronin. Like basically right. this out Ronin's Ronin. Um, the <laughs> helicopter stuff at the end, the, 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 great, the great fight that was in the trailers, uh, in the bathroom, like, oh, yeah. and how it all connects to character. Like I think that all really just like kind of wraps up the entire series for me. I also think Ilsa Faust is the best addition to the franchise yep, since since we got Simon Pegg in the franchise, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like she, you know, it was the first time we got a female agent that could actually go toe-to-toe with Eden Hunt. And also one, you know, a love interest that's actually sticking around. Uh, nice to see that they're doing more with that character. Would have liked to see more of her in the movie, but I know there were like uh, shooting uh, timing issues. I think she was pregnant for part of it. Uh, so, you know, just all around fantastic. I love this movie so much. I'm still like formulating how much I love this movie, uh, <laughs> but it is it is quite good. Hey, glad to hear it. Uh, as far as the series goes, I am also with Devendra. I've always been a fan of the series, even if uh, uh, Mission Impossible, the one by Brian De Palma, might be a little bit more espionage heavy than action heavy, let's say. Um, and I, I I was a big fan of Mission Impossible 2 as well, probably because I had grown up watching these Hong Kong movies with John Woo. Um, and I was like, I was really excited to have American audiences also know what I knew, right? So I was like, yeah, you're going to see guns that never run out of bullets. You're going to see dubs. You're going to see slow motion, et cetera, et cetera. It's going to be great. Sometimes all and, at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Is it a good movie? Like what you guys had said? Yeah. No, it's not a great movie, but it's, it's, it's action heavy. It's John Woo for sure. Um, and as you go through the movies, of course, yeah, they, they progressively gotten better. Um, I, with Mission Impossible Fallout, in a word, whoa, I was really, really impressed by this movie. And I think that what impressed me the most was that not just the action set pieces like what everyone's been been talking about, but quite honestly, the level of espionage that they are they're also doing in this movie is mm-hmm. really, really well thought out. So I was a fan. Like I had read somewhere after I watched the movie that. Uh, uh, what's his face? Um, Sean Harris, Solomon Lane is is almost like the Moriarty to Tom Cruise's Sherlock Holmes. I was like, yeah, that's a good way to put it because he's mm. not just uh, a side character per se. He's not just like a villain the way that uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman was was like this rogue agent villain type thing. It's more of like he's really thought about ways to really really ruin Ethan's life like in the <laughs> worst possible ways. Like he's thought about like so many factors. 
And I loved how this movie kind of climaxes at the end uh, where they have to go um, and, and kind of how it basically all becomes full circle. And I was like, oh, see, you know, he is a really good villain. He, he, but unfortunately, he just, he, he, you know, he, he's also come at peace with, with where he is, where uh, he has to be at the end of the line. So with this movie, though, what I really, really liked about it was, um, aside from the plot elements and also the espionage stuff and the action pieces, cinematography. I thought the cinematography in here was excellent. There's some great scenes in which they're having to use mirrors in a, in a club. The way that they also, uh, the way there's one particular shot in a tree grove with uh, Tom Cruise and, um, and uh, Rebecca uh, Ferguson. Ferguson. Where they were just sitting there talking, but the the way that the they set up that shot just looks really really well done. And quite honestly, you've seen the trailers and you've seen bits of it, but the price of admission is definitely worth that bathroom fight. What I love about that bathroom fight is that it's complex. Uh, you can see the action in it, meaning like these are actual the guy who is fighting them. He's a real martial artist. Um, Tom Cruise has been known to do some really good moves as well, and also just the. I liked how they actually really didn't have any music except for ambient music from the club, which was super in the background. So it was really just a fight within the bathroom, and um, it is a spectacular fight. So the, without um, that, though, I just point out real quick: the cinematographer yeah. is uh, Rob Hardy, who's new to the franchise. He but he's been working with um, with uh, what's his name, Ex Machina. Um, Alex Garland, uh, uh, yeah, he worked at Ex Machina oh, in, in Annihilation, yeah. and so he stepped right. up into a big Hollywood leagues for this movie. And yeah, I, I agree, he delivers. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I would go see it again just for the cinematography. But again, in to sum up, the panache in here is just off the charts. It is cool. It is smart. It is action heavy. I was, I, I usually don't have an audience that is not that my audience was bad, but I usually don't really think that they would react as much as they did in some of these scenes especially for something like this where, where it's kind of just like an action movie everyone's kind of just having a good time but there's a scene where uh where lightning happens and then you just definitely hear a lot of gasping in the theater so <laughs> good job like yeah. I mean, what Zach was saying with like you know the the uh giving yourself arm bruises forearm bruises i mean it, you could totally tell that the that the audience was really really invested in this movie so Kudos to um, uh, Macquarie and Cruz. I mean, they've been together on a few projects now, but uh, I, I would love to see this continue. I am a uh, big fan of this franchise. I don't need to re-go over that. We've talked about that plenty on this podcast versus in the, yeah. the two commentaries we've done for Mission Impossible movies so far. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm a huge fan of this franchise. And watch, and the prospect of a new one coming out just means, oh, good, I'm going to get another great Tom Cruise action movie. That's what I expect. And, uh, yeah, this delivers that. I will say I saw this with my lovely girlfriend, Anna, who um, loved this movie as well. It's her favorite movie of the year right now. And she normally doesn't want to see movies again, but she was like, let's see that again. Let's do that now. Let's So I'm ready to violently throw down my laptop and get into the car and go see this movie again with her. Um, I, don't know why, I don't know why I need to do so violently, but, you know, that's the kind of mood that this movie puts me in, apparently. Um, this movie is a blast. Uh, it has everything that I want in kind of summer blockbuster entertainment, but it does it so very well. I mean, I, I proposed that question to you guys earlier about action filmmakers, and McClory's just like even if I if if I still I still have to debate if I think Rogue Nation I think is kind of a hair better than this movie. It's not it's not due to like a lack of trying. Right, right. Like this movie is so like it's so it's so much like if I think if anything it's because Rogue Nation I think is I like the plotting a bit more or the kind of some of the 
the insertion that Tom Cruise might be crazy. I like that idea for the Rogue Nation. More Ilsa Faust in, uh, and, in Rogue Nation. And there's more like, introducing yeah, that character. And yeah, yeah. but like this, you know, this movie is still like set piece. The it just goes like this movie just moves. Like it's two and a half hours, and like every five minutes, like something insane happens. It seems like whether it's action related, which is most of the time, or just in terms of like how this movie decides to handle its story and while it's, it's crazy it's kind of thin on story honestly but i do like what you're saying David. i love how it just starts where it's like here's just a bunch of information like <laughs> we, we don't there's nothing else we re- like even as things turn and twist it's still about the same thing we got to get that damn plutonium plutonium back guys. I, like, I also that's love it's... how it's completely before the credits before they light the fuse uh-huh. that's an entire mission impossible movie yeah <laughs> it is <laughs> five minutes yeah it's amazing. what's funny about that is i actually forgot that they did the they didn't do the title sequence yet yep. i was so yep. into the movie i was i love the kind of i i think McCor- what i like about this a lot is mccory smart enough to kind of know how smart an audience is like as much as sometimes we want to kind of talk down like general audiences audiences are pretty smart and i think this movie has a lot of fun with playing with your expectations as far as what to expect, where you know certain things have to happen, but at the same time, he finds a way to kind of twist it around. Where, like, the beginning's a good example, where it's, it gives you a scenario where it's like, oh, well, now they're going to get the thing, but and then it goes back on it, and then you're like, oh, wait, what really happened here? And then it t- takes that away, like, I'm speaking such vague terms, I'm not trying to spoil anything, but it's just, there's a lot of that throughout this movie. There's a lot of turns that 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 play against the kind of twist that you might expect even when you think you've already guessed it there's still like there's still like three other turns that are that, that are left for this movie to take on you on but regardless yeah this movie has so much going for it Cruz is you know insane just doing some of the stuff he's doing and given all, given how much he wants you to know that he's doing that stuff it's like wow he's yeah he's, he's really doing these chases jumping out of planes flying helicopters into tailspins whatever he's just down for it apparently right. but like the rest of this cast is like they're up to task as well. I was not expecting like an emotional Ving Rhames scene in this movie, but here we have it, where he's like giving some speeches and tearing up, and it's like, man, these guys are acting in this movie. They're like really trying. Um, Henry Cavill, he's just like a blunt instrument that's great here. Like it's so like, and he and he maintains this kind of cool collective charisma that I yeah. want to see more from him. Like I got it in Man from Uncle. Where is it in these Superman movies? Like why am I not seeing this guy more? <laughs> like I want to see him. He doesn't need to be so. Jo- yeah. He doesn't need to be Camera like super turns jovial. To the writers of those movies. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And it's yeah. like exactly so, yeah, Man it, from Uncle. Like it is purely that great fun energy from Man from Uncle right here too. Mm-hmm. And it's like Zach, yeah, like I know you're a bigger fan of Justice League, uh, the most, and I like Justice. I like it well enough. But at the same, it's I, like, I mean, I thought Cavill was was pretty good in Justice. And that's League, what I was gonna opinion. say. He's he's certainly a highlight when he gets to actually he finally gets to be a Superman I recognize. I guess. Yeah. And I I liked it there. I'm very happy with what he's doing here. Like, is, if he's gonna <laughs> keep being a presence in movies, I don't see why he'd go away. He's 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 a handsome white actor. They seem to see, they seem <laughs> to stick around. Um, but, um, <laughs> I mean, but like, if he gets to do more of this type of stuff, whether it's on the shady side or on the good side, give me more of that because he's this like. The, like Abe, you're mentioning that bathroom fight. It's like between the martial arts and Tom Cruise just being like, "I can try." Cavill's just like, "I'm gonna punch you brutally in the ribs a bunch of times." It just looks painful, <laughs> right, yeah. and yet you're like really uh, enjoying yeah. it. I'm he's Superman, got, got don't some... you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, that's probably why he didn't really uh, go down with a throat chop. But that throat chop, fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. So, so there's just a lot of great stuff like that. A lot of, let me just say, by the way, the yeah. the looking at Tom Cruise and Henry Cavill side by side. You really get a sense of like how big of a guy he is. Mm-hmm. But then you look at Man from Uncle, and Army Hammer is like a freaking giant. Yeah. Compared to like Henry Cavill looks tiny in Man from Uncle. So uh we will never see a movie where it's Tom Cruise 
Henry Cavill, then Army Hammer or something like to really to really give us a perspective of his stature there. Watch them throw you through a loop and cast Army Hammer in the next Mission Impossible movie. <laughs> um, what else? Yeah. The, I, the IMAX photography in this movie, it's only used in two scenes, though, like the halo jump and the final, like basically the climax with the helicopter stuff. It looks fantastic. Looks uh, it wasn't I, even shot in IMAX. It was just they did a post-conversion type thing for mm-hmm. that. And so that's really interesting. Yeah. It provides some great just looking sequences. Like the, the halo jump is like they try to make it kind of like a one like a one shot take thing. And it, yeah, that, was, you know, that was a great, uh, I noticed that when they were jumping out of the plane, I was like, "Oh, this is all one shot." And it's it's well it's well handled, but that the the helicopter finale, even with like the cuts to other things going on, mm-hmm. I, I was uh, I found that funny because I was thinking to myself, you know, I've seen car chases, I've seen motorcycle chases. In Face Off, we had boat chases. I have never seen an, a helicopter chase, and this is a great <laughs> this is a great idea. So yeah, and it, and it looks it, go with it. It's not short. It's very long. It, and, it, uh, it looks phenomenal. Henry Cavill has like a, an, an arm cannon. <laughs> yeah, to go with his real arm cannons that he has already. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I mean, yeah, just the, a- the action in this. So the the yeah, like you're saying with the the car chases like through tight streets in London where they're careening around corners or like the motorcycle stuff. It's just so good. Like it's there's so much. Like what do you do next in these movies? Like what yeah. what 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 thing will Tom Cruise not kill himself in? Army Hammer's coming through. Yeah, Army Hammer's coming through. Army Hammer, yeah. yeah the, but also, like, like this movie is oh, yeah. so good. I feel like it makes every other action movie that we see that is just not not as good. Like what what are you doing, guys? Are you even trying? Like are you even trying to make a chase scene? Like Michael Bay, we know you can be good. What are you <laughs> What are you doing? Things like that, man. It's the kind of thing where I've been looking forward to this movie all summer, and it, when I watch it, like, yeah, that's why I remember why. It's because the filmmaking in so many action movies feels so slight by comparison. Yeah. I mean, you look even right. something like Avengers, which I'm, you know, I like, I like Avengers: Infinity War, but it's like it's, you know, it's not practical for one thing for the most part. But even in uh-huh. like the everyone's got superpowers, even yeah. even in like the cutting in those movies, it's just like. I know. Yeah, so that, that's, that's, it was I, a step down from Civil War and what they were doing with Winter Soldier too. Yeah, Winter, like, Winter it was Soldier, just, especially, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it was yeah. too frantic in uh, in Infinity War. Yeah, and it's yeah. kind of weird to see like yeah, talented action directors kind of I don't know go the easy way out and go with the quick edits and everything. Yeah, uh, that's one of the reasons why I really like John Wick is is some of those guys can really fight. I mean, uh, like the stunt coordinators, I can definitely tell that they fight because I also uh, have some martial arts background. So it's like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, no, those kicks look real. Like real kicks, so I'm glad that oh, I was definitely. able to see it cleanly. Um, and in this one, again, that bathroom fight—they're really—they they coordinated really, really well, and they shot it in a wide. It was some some shots were wide, which is helps you understand the spacing and also just how they are doing all this. So I'm a big fan of the way that they did that. So I agree with you guys that the action sequences—you need to have it clean. You if you have it cuts, that's a lot of cheating. So it's just like you know. People who can't fight, that's fine. But at the same time, at least make it look fun, make it look real. I'm glad it's. Mm-hmm. The, I'm glad this succeeded in being the best bathroom fight since True Lies. I'm, I'm glad that we uh, we were able to kind of manage that. <laughs> I happen. don't know, Casino Royale. Oh, I forgot about the Casino Royale bathroom good, fight. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've got a question for you guys. Uh, you, we were talking about Ilsa Faust before. Did you guys feel as though there was just more intrigue in in Rogue Nation, and we know her now, or is that just that? Um, you know, she just didn't have that as much to do in this one anyway. I would say... It's, it's a, yeah, it's a bit of both, right? Yeah, I mean, like, she's it's more spy versus spy in Rogue Nation, where in this one it's more Jason Statham's now on their team? That's kind of like, that's kind of like how it works in this movie? <laughs> like, she's, she's she's more like, oh yeah, she's she's just really involved now when she can be, I guess. She's, yeah. she's They're just... still at cross purposes, but I think, like, we know, we know her deal. We kind of know what she can do, whereas 
Rogue Nation was all discovery and all amazing stuff. Like, oh man, like she is, she's wearing that dress and she's going to pull out that sniper rifle, right? Or she will hop on that motorcycle. Like it is, that movie was pure surprise. Whereas this is, yeah, we, we, we it, it is kind of that same dance we saw before. In a way. Mm-hmm. I, do, I do like that the, the kind of relationship, and I'd say that about most of the kind of characters in the movie, the relationship between her and Cruz, it's still, it's not quite romantic. It's not quite platonic. But it, it works for what it's trying to do as far as giving Hunt, like, someone that's a match for him in its own way. Sure. And without, without, like, making it bog down the plot as far as, you know, ha- if you know having to do anything for this person to save right. them, that kind of thing. If, it, we, if we talk spoilers, like, later on, like, there is, there, I, I think this movie is entirely rooted in Ethan Hunt's, like, emotional well-being. Like, and it's right there in the title. It is, right. like, all, all everything that he's done in the past is kind of... He's dealing with the reckoning of that, and I, mean, I think it's they in the handle, first uh, first sequence of the movie. Yeah, in the first sequence, but I think they handle like how Ilsa Faust fits into all that really well too. But we'd have to go into spoilers for that, right? Which is what I like, and I I know what you're saying, but we can dance around it a bit. Where I like I was mentioning in the in the last billboards, they're basically just questioning: Is he all right? Is he is it good for him to do <laughs> what he's doing? This movie's like. No, yeah, he's he's on, <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he's right to do what he is. But like, how far does that go when it comes to people he cares about? And it does it in yeah, a way that doesn't absolutely. feel like it's drowning me in things I suddenly need to know about Ethan. It's more like, no, I get it. We're six movies in. I get that he wants he wants to help the people in his life, and it makes a level of sense. So it it's what it's well written stuff. Again, you like Ving Rhames yeah. is so committed to Tom Cruise in this movie. It's impressive. <laughs> <laughs> so and, committed, and it's actually it's really worth going back and rewatching all the movies in the series too, because mm-hmm. I feel like. The whole, like, the first mission that that opens up Mission Impossible 1 is a complete failure. Like, that is a traumatizing <laughs> event. Like, anybody involved with that would have PTSD, like, going forward. And I feel like you can see echoes of that in, like, the deal that went bad at the beginning right. of this movie, too. Like, it's it all kind of connects in a really smart way. I have a question about a certain thing I've been hearing a number of times in relation sure. to this movie. A lot of people have compared this to the Dark Knight, of the, as, like, this is the Dark Knight of the franchise. I don't want to speak specifically to comparing the two movies because i don't really care uh but i do want to, I, I do want to bring that in relation to the kind of the tone and specifically the score of this film the score uh, yeah this, it's it's kind of there yeah some bits. which makes sense because lorna balfa is from like the hans zimmer school lorna balfa so it's but like there's a whole sequence involving a possible mission um that mm-hmm. will take place and it very much called to mind like the, kind of the opening with the joker and i was it seems like Dimitri, you kind of you get what i'm saying as far as what it seems to be calling to i was curious yeah, you guys... thematic it's like a thematic thing i think it's really in the score like the way that score makes you feel like you're getting some of the similar tones i feel like skyfall did that at certain points too like yeah. even skyfall soundtrack kind of has some of those intonations but I, I don't know like some people are saying this movie is darker than some of the others i'm not really seeing that like i think these the series is always has never been afraid to go really dark, you know? I'd still say probably three is the darkest of these movies. Yeah, I was going to say, like, you know, in three, <laughs> yeah. there's some really, really yep. rough stuff going on there. There's, there's more people getting shot in the face or, you know, brains yeah. literally being blown up in those movies where this one... And one of my favorite side characters, Carrie Russell, you know, she's got, like, a bomb in her chest or whatever. So... In her head, yeah. In so... her head. Oh, man, that, that post-shot explosion of the bomb going off is, oh, like, yeah. that is seared in my mind i will never not not see that any you know it it is such a horrific thing um it's those little things i like in jj abrams projects by the way like he he has really memorable moments like that yeah that's why i think that you know they're not afraid to go dark in in any of the movies that's why but i you know i see the parallels with dark knight i definitely want to see it again um 
But uh, I, I guess I could, you know, maybe it is. I, I have to think about it a little bit more. I mean, again, it's a, I, I don't need to compare this movie to another one to right. talk about how great this movie is. It's just it's great on its own. But I, I just have heard that comparison. I'm like, yeah, all right, I, I, I see elements of that. Uh, Zach, how about mm-hmm. you? Do you, do you uh, have any thoughts on that? Uh, as far as the Dark Knight comparison, I, you know, what, what I would say is in the, in the way that the Dark Knight represented um, Christopher Nolan being sort of unfettered after, uh, you know, sort of getting his feet wet, if you will, with the first one, that's what this feels like. It feels like a culmination of his vision. And, and the same way, I mean, just me personally, when it comes to the Dark Knight, I felt like he, Nolan said everything he needed to say with the second one, and I just mm-hmm. I, I was not a fan of the third one. I'm almost like I don't know if McQuarrie needs to do another one of these. Like I feel like he's done it. This is yeah, he's, yeah. he's yeah. made his can, Mission Impossible statement. You know, yeah, yeah. I'll be I'll be curious where things go from here. I mean, I I, I won't I wouldn't count McQuarrie out as far as like being a squint of the screenwriter since he's Tom Cruise's guy at this point. He's, he's kind of right. he's he's co-written or ghost-written almost, I think, every one of his films since Valkyrie at this point. Um, yeah. Maybe not a uh, Rock of Ages, but, I mean... No, he, he was there. Yeah, he was, yeah, he was in the background, <laughs> yeah. He, he... <laughs> he played uh, Malin Ackerman's character. He was in the movie. It was great. Um, <laughs> but, no, yeah, I... I, I, I'm ex- I guess I'm excited to see who would come up next just because, yeah, the series does have a, you know, it's known for its directorial changes, and I'd be curious what, you know either accomplished film director or up-and-comer, they're like, you know what, let's put them at the helm of a Mission Impossible movie, yeah, see what see, that does. That's where it gets interesting is, you know, we've seen the Fast and Furious franchise go from kind of like uh, off the wall, out there with Fast and the Furious and Too Fast and Furious, and then it gets a little bit more serious and it continues to get serious but do goofy things. And I'm curious about where this series is going to go with uh, the directors and also the storyline. So they've definitely made... Ghost Protocol, Rogue Nation, and Fallout to be almost like this really awesome three-peat of movies. And I'm curious mm-hmm. as to whether you're going to go with, well, let's continue to go on this serious track of Ethan Hunt kind of dealing with his uh, his past. And also, he might become a rogue agent at some point. Or as he does. To, <laughs> yeah, or we'll go back to uh, Mission Impossible 2 style, where it's just you know a bunch of cameos and he's just doing some cool gun shit. Well, what, I, what I do like about this series is that it's not afraid to go small. Like, as much as it goes big, it does have a way of reining itself in, which I think is beneficial, where you have something like, I mean, as much as I think all of us at least admire the Fast and Furious franchise, if it needed to do anything for the next one, I think going a bit smaller as opposed to, now we have a submarine! Like, I think there's, (laughs) I think there's, I think this Mission Impossible franchise, as big as, you know, as big as the Burj Khalifa stunt is, or rock climbing, or whatever, it also has more intimate sequences. Like, I think Rogue Nation, in addition to its awesome motorcycle chases and whatnot, it has, like, that opera sequence, which isn't about how big it can be, it's just about how, how well crafted, yeah, how well crafted it can be. So it's, and, you know, I, I trust in Tom Cruise when it comes to this franchise, so I, I'm not too worried about whatever they come up with next, but I I wouldn't I be... I mean, tw- 22 years in, he clearly knows what he's doing, so... I mean, they haven't, uh, they haven't as Abe would say, they haven't, they, they haven't gone to space yet, so, I mean, we, we're, yeah. we're still in... There's always space, or at least something space-adjacent. The thing is, like, I trust Tom Cruise's judgment with this franchise... I don't trust his judgment overall because, uh, yeah, you guys were talking about the mummy, and uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. that was that sure. was a thing. That was an outright disaster. That seems yeah. like something he was trying to save. That seems like something's Man. like, I guess I'll do what I can here. Let's uh, yeah. let's let's fly like, an airplane. I, I'll go I in zero g for a while. Let's see how that goes. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> 
But uh, anyway, any other? Uh, I'm trying to think of anything else we can talk about with Fallout besides it's awesome because I it's think awesome. we've, we've, we've yeah, covered so much. Well, I feel like I should all the formats. Uh, I am certainly going to go back and see it in IMAX here in New York. Uh, but also, if you have a Dolby Vision theater near you and you haven't tried that out, uh, I, I love those things. They're yeah. amazing. It is worth the extra cost. Yeah, those are great. Did you do you get to see the uh, the whole entire Dolby? You know what this is the the preview like the two minute preview before those. I think well. well they have they have like their their mini trailers and stuff. I don't think it's like a full description of everything, but uh, okay. it is it is just like my favorite non IMAX screen like just for seeing typical movies like the Dolby cinemas are incredible. Yeah, they are incredible. Great sound, great picture. All right. Well, Devinder jumped ahead on our next question, which is where should people go and see this movie? I, Apparently, I, IMAX right now. Yeah, that's yeah, it. That, yeah, I don't. I don't think any of us would deny that IMAX is probably the place to see this. But uh, Zachy, you on you on board with this? Absolutely, IMAX if it's available. Yep. And uh, yeah, no, I, Abe, IMAX, right? IMAX, yeah, definitely. You should go see this right away. It's a it's a fun romp, and again, I think that there's some thought put into it, so you're not just there. Um, waiting for the next action sequence. Yeah, uh, this is a movie to see on the biggest screen possible right away. Um, well, your move, Top Gun. <laughs> we'll see where that goes. <laughs> <laughs> talking, about, talking about Tom Cruise mistakes, we'll see. <laughs> he's producing it, you know. So he's got uh, he's got his oblivion. Why is the mummy flying a plane? I don't know. <laughs> Seemed like a good idea. I was out of bullets. That's the... <laughs> um, all right. Well, that's Mission Impossible Fallout, which is uh, out now, and we all recommend it very heartily. I, I, yeah. I, I was actually, I was so curious, what are the bad reviews on this movie? I kind of read them on Rotten Tomatoes, and like, huh, yeah, they, some of them, they are nitpicky. One gets like really political, which is weird, and another, two of them are three out of fives, but they just marked it rotten because they're cool like that. I guess I don't know. Um, it's okay. weird. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, it's a well-reviewed movie for a reason, and I know we certainly enjoyed it. Um, all right, let's. Uh, Let's move on now. What uh, what time is it, Abe? Abe oh, Aaron, I think it's time for a quick game here. <laughs> that's, <you said> <laughs> that's how we do it. All right, I got it. That's actually the tone that plays when your message gets destroyed after five seconds. Of course, <laughs> and that is, of course, the improv theme for games, which I'm still submitting for them to definitely use as the message you get. <laughs> I've got a game for you guys this week. It's called, Hey Man, You Know I'm a Spy, Right? Slash Spies in Plain Sight. Uh, this game, we all know the spies like Ethan Hunt, James Bond, etc. This game is a, a game in which I will name four characters from movies. And if you could buzz in with your name, if you think you know who the spy character is, buzz in and tell me <laughs> that name. Wait, so, so for example, okay, go on. Osprey, uh, Xavier Laflemme, Doug Glatt, or Ethan Hunt. And obviously, you'd buzz in and say Ethan Hunt because everyone else is from Goon. They're they're all hockey players. I noticed Doug Glatt. I'm like, that's a Goon. Okay, so you have <laughs> you have multiple you have multiple choice for who's a, who's the spy in this. That's the, that's what Correct, you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like it's almost like the the uh, the dating game slash uh, what's that other game where you just come out and you have to like anyway. Um, so, so one so what <laughs> just because I want to get this straight. Yeah. Uh, one of them's a spy and the rest are from like from one other movie or you just no, randomly no, no. made you it. Don't have, you don't have to worry about the other movies. The other okay. you don't have to name any movies except you just have to point out who the spy is. No, I get that. I'm just fascinated by your process of creating other names. That's what I'm asking. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is there are we are we actually buzzing or are we just shouting? You buzz in with your name, so you just say Davindra. Yeah. You just. Shout your name. Yeah, yeah shout okay. your name and yeah. then the answer. Yeah. All right, here we go. Ann Wheeler, Jerry Lind, Mallory Kane, Helen Barnum. This, this actually is kind of tough. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. Aaron. Aaron. 
Is it Mallory Kane? That is correct. What is that from? The others are from The Greatest Showman. <laughs> What's who's, who's Mallory Kane again? Mallory Kane is, it salt? is from Haywire. Oh, Haywire. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, Haywire. Oh, okay. Yeah. That just that name sounded familiar. That's what I yeah. <laughs> well, it sounds like a very strong uh, hero name, right? Yeah. 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 So she's killing everybody in that movie, <laughs> including her handler and some CIA agents. Uh, next one here. Al Powell, Vigo Tarasov, Martin Vanger, Ilya Kurikin. Zaki. Zaki. Ilya Kurikin. That is correct. The rest are diehard names, right? From Uncle. Yeah. <laughs> Al Powell is from Die Hard. Vigo is from John Wick. He's the uh, the father. Uh, <laughs> and Martin is is Stellan Skarsgård from the Girl Dragon Tattoo. Okay. All right. Here we go. Ogden Morrow, Herbert Trubshaw, Tobin Frost, Gary King. Aaron. Aaron. Tobin Frost. That's 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 a safe house, right? That is safe house. Yes. Uh, that the is other... such a great name. Tobin, Tobin Frost. Frost. Yeah. The other three are characters that Simon Pegg has played from various movies. Yes. Yes. I would so be on board if like Denzel, even if I did Safe House is not a movie I could, re- could really remember. But if it just if there's just a post that said Denzel's back as Tobin Frost <laughs> in, <laughs> I'd be all about that movie. The best spy names, like if you say it in a Jack Bauer voice and it sounds good, then you know it's a good spy name. So Tobin Frost. Chloe, I need all the information on Tobin Frost. Yeah. <laughs> Mallory Kane. Yeah. And then you hear the clock just beeping. Dude. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next one here. Benjamin Asher, Mike Banning, Tony Mendez, Charlie Rodriguez. What was the first one? Benjamin Asher. Hmm. Aaron. Aaron. I'm gonna go with the. Wait, what was the third one? <laughs> Tony Mendez. Tony Mendez. That's a. That's something, isn't it? Yeah, uh, uh, it's that. Uh, which one are you going for? Tony Mendez. I was saying Tony Mendez. You're going for Tony Mendez? That is correct. Is that Argo? That is. That is Benedict's character from Argo. Yeah. Okay. Ah. Everyone else is from Olympus Has Fallen. Benjamin Asher is the president. <laughs> Mike Banning. I know Mike that. Mike Banning is the Secret Service agent, and Charlie Rodriguez is the vice president. And gets blown up in Air Force Two. They had Hispanic uh, vice president, and uh, I didn't realize until I made the game. I'm trying to. I thought it was some. I, I figured it was just some rich bald white guy. I was, I was trying to think of who was in Olympus Has Fallen. Yeah, Benjamin Asher is uh, the president. So here we go. Next one here. Uh, Lorraine Broughton, Jillian Holtzman, Devendra, Devendra, Lorraine Broughton. That is correct. Yeah, she is from Atomic Blonde. Everyone else is a Ghostbuster. Jillian Holtzman, yeah. Abby Yates, <laughs> Patty Tolman, Tolan. I did ask if you had other movies characters for the rest of these answers. That's what I, mean. <laughs> I mean, yeah, sure. They are other movie characters. They're all movie characters. Because it's either you did that or you spent a lot of time up. thinking up yeah. names. So like, these are very specific names. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. Uh, Matty Ross, Harry Hart, Tom Cheney. Zachy. Zachy. Harry Hart. Harry Hart, yeah. That Hart. is. Oh, yeah. Uh, Kingsman. Yeah, exactly. Are, Kingsman. Are the rest Arnold's True Grit true names? True Grit. And the last one is going to be Harry Hole from The Snowman. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, next one here. Uh, John Mason, Chris Washington, Andre Logan King. Zachy. Zachy. John Mason. John Mason from The Rock. The Everyone Rock, else is yeah. from Get Out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, juxt- the, the, the lack of juxtaposition between these names is the best part of this yeah, game. They're, 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 they're just names that, that I found. Uh, I, li- I like to think you had a handful of spy names you wanted to use, and then you just randomly searched the movie and found the names for these characters. That That's pretty much it, yeah. I kind of wish Sean Connery was in Get Out now. That's like, I'm, I'm, 
I'm imagining that version. Now. I like our our made up games every week because it inspires so many other thoughts of what we could do. <laughs> uh, next one here: Elizabeth Shaw, uh, Eliza Esposito, Meredith Vickers, Bridget von Hammerschmark. Oh. <clears throat> Aaron. Aaron. Is it Meredith Vickers? That is incorrect. Okay, that name just sounds too familiar. That's why. <laughs> uh, Zachy or Devendra with a steel. Uh, Eliza Shaw. Uh, I'm sorry, Elizabeth Shaw? Elizabeth Shaw, yeah. That is incorrect. Oh. Zachy with a steel. I got oh, I know what it is. Okay, God. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's Von Hammerschmark. Von yeah, from Inglorious ah. Bastards. Yeah, Everyone she's... else is from Prometheus. From Prometheus. Yeah, uh, Vickers, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. But yeah, That's why they sound familiar. Hammerschmart, yeah, because she's the spy for Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, the... uh, from Pitts Baloo. Or she knows Pitts Baloo. Yeah. Uh, she, 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 she met up with Harry Hole uh, in the bar. <laughs> that's that's absolutely correct. Uh, here we go. Uh, Theo Farron, Fatula uh, Portocalos, uh, Gust Avracotos, and uh, Elio Perlman. Really gave yourself an easy exit on that one. Um, <laughs> you got, but both because I enjoy you saying them and because I forgot them already. You have to repeat those names. Theo, yeah, Theo Farron, uh, Fatula Portocalos, uh, Gust Avracotos. And Elio Perlman. Oh, I well, I know what the last one is. <laughs> um, what's the first one again? Theo's or what is Theo it? Theo Farron. Aaron Theo Farron. That is incorrect. God oh, damn it. Zachy or Devinger with a steel. I've got nothing. I am okay. terrible with names, as you guys have probably <laughs> learned by now. Yeah. I know the no last worries. the last one's from Call Me by Your Name. Oh, they're just ruining it. The, the spoilers here. No. I guess they're probably all from Call Me by Your Name, except for one of them. No, they're not. They're not. Okay. Uh, Zachy. I got nothing. You, you have you have okay. you can choose between two. The answer <laughs> is Gust Avracotos. He is the character played by Philip Seymour Hoffman in Charlie Wilson's War. Mm. Uh, Theo is from Children of Men. That's uh, ah, okay. Uh, Fatula is from My Big Fat Greek Wedding. I just needed another Greek name. And then Elio, I was just like, well, that kind of sounds foreign. So. <laughs> uh, last one here. Susan Cooper, Barbara Fitz, Bren McGuff, CJ Craig. Aaron. Aaron. I like what you did. <laughs> it's Susan <laughs> Cooper because it's from that's from Spy. Yeah. <laughs> and then you chose like West Wing names. Yeah. Oh, those are actually all just Alice and Alice Janney, Janney names? Okay. Barbara Fitz is her from American Beauty. Bren McGuff is her from Juno. And CJ Craig is her from uh, The West Wing. Okay. <laughs> uh, with that one, Aaron, you actually got put over the top there. You win that game, Zachy. You are in second place. Devendra, good effort. You're on the board. Third place. <laughs> When you get on the board, that means you get to come back for another podcast. So that that's what you okay. re- that's what you got to do accomplish right there. If you got nothing <laughs> you got right, nothing. we'd escort yeah. you off ourselves. We have a handcart and everything, but you managed to get one at least one right, so it worked out. At least one. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. All right. Well, good game, Abe. Thanks. <laughs> I'm required to say that, but no, it was a good. I found I found out that game. <laughs> what? I'm kidding. I Josh. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Let's get to uh, let's get to some out now feedback. 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 This is where I go over the various questions and answers on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash outnowpodcast, where we ask the number of questions for you, the listener, and you gave us answers. Then you, the listener, gave us some questions, quite a few this week, it seems, that we can answer. Questions and answers this week. They're they're ma- mainly, mainly from Alan Aguilera. But uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Zachy, Devendra, feel free to chime in with any answers you might have for the things we're about to go over. Right. So the first question is, uh, what's the most spectacular stunt you've ever seen uh, in film? Chris has, I can't remember the film, but there was a fight scene uh, where, where Jackie Chan... 
had a ladder is pure class. Also, the chariot race in Ben-Hur was incredible. Yes, the original. Uh, and the movie that Chris is referring to is called First Strike. Yeah, That's Jackie where Chan's he has the ladder. Joe has Rumble in the Bronx. Uh, Philip has the one from Ghost Protocol. And I mean, I guess that is the Burj Khalifa. Yeah, I'd imagine mm-hmm. that'd be what you're referring to. <laughs> it could be that or the BMW chase uh, in the alleyways. That was pretty cool. Yeah, but, you know, climbing the tallest building in the world seems like a notable <laughs> accomplishment for that movie. <laughs> yeah, and well, until Skyscraper came out, at least. I actually answered this question on um, on uh, one of the, the, the IndieWire poll, uh, like best uh-huh. stunts you've ever seen in movies, but um, offhand, because there's so many options, but I the when the, the stilts come in in Fury Road, when they're just people, it's like, how do we make this car chase bigger? Well, yeah, let's have people yeah. on stilts, like, flying in from Cirque du Soleil. Let's do that. And so, yeah, that's yeah. currently, that's my favorite, like, spectacular stunt that I've seen in movies. That's a good one. That's probably the most recent one. I would also say, uh, if you guys have never seen Sorcerer, there is a climactic bridge scene Mm -hmm. that will squeeze your sphincter into, like, yeah. yeah, You you will feel that scene. It is so tense. That's a good bruised forearm sequence, that's for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Zach, any cool stunts you want to name? Um, yeah, I'm thinking I, I, uh, the, the opening bungee jump scene in in Goldeneye is one that I always think about. Mm. Um, Quite dangerous. And then... Yeah, I mean, I mean, the fact that that up until like Die Another Day, you know, all the the Bond movies were known for doing what the Mission Impossible movies now do now, where it's all for real. Uh, but also in Casino Royale, I would say the whole opening uh, chase sequence, you know, which yeah. culminates in like when when Bond and that guy are fighting, like, you know, hoisted up in the air. I mean, really, just a great, right. probably one of the best action scenes in the whole franchise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of Bond, I'll just I'll throw out the. Uh... When he, uh, the spy who loved me at the beginning, where he ski, he, he ski, yeah. he ski jumps off the cliff and then opens the parachute. It's just like <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> that golden eye scene, though, like the guy actually like passed out during that jump and then regained consciousness. And they still got the shot. Like it's crazy. <laughs> uh, all right, next uh, next question we have here: What's your favorite scene involving Tom Cruise running? Uh, Jordan Wright, Jordan Rath, friend of the show, writes, not sure about favorite, but I think he's his all-out sprint in MI3 might have been Olympic-worthy. He's just booking it, even in the behind-the-scenes breakdown. Uh, Justin writes, was it Vanilla Sky when he's running and yelling tech support? Uh, Chris writes, <laughs> minority report, the factory scene. Mike writes, days of thunder at the end. And Chris adds, the vanilla, the definitely Vanilla Sky. Mm. Favorite running scenes with Tom Cruise? Mm. I would say in Fallout, man. I mean, I was getting tired watching it. Yeah. <laughs> he's running on a healing uh, ankle, too, right? Or something? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. A super bruised ankle because he broke it. And then also, uh, it seems like he's running literally across the city. Yeah. You know, <laughs> uh, he caught up really, really well. I mean, in between but, in between uh, BMW Chase and Burj Khalifa, he is outrunning a sandstorm in Ghost Protocol, which I really enjoy. As well, well, to be fair, it catches up with him. So. Yeah, he, he doesn't win. You're right, Abe. He doesn't yeah. win oh, that race. He's that... got to give up the chase at Michael Nyquist. <laughs> that Mission Impossible three shot is is probably the the greatest one because I think it just it is like a twenty second take like it just goes yeah. and goes and goes yeah, it's long. but yeah we get a lot of in fallout <laughs> i do like the shout out to the uh minority report set piece uh, in the factory mm-hmm. that entire movie oh, is yeah. rock solid that movie needs more love because people need to uh look at how that is a great action movie still yeah i am a huge minority report fan that's a top 10 spielberg for me if not higher i, I, like, I like it quite a bit <laughs> what else uh, well, what's next? The next question is what are some great movies about actors who typically play good guys going bad 
friend of the show, Jim Dietz, has Harry Fon- Henry Fonda in Once Upon a Time in the West. Mm. Justin has Jandy Glover in Switchback. I think it was, uh, I think it was where he was a bad guy. I, yeah, yeah guess... it's, it's Switchback, yeah. That's with Dennis Quaid and Danny Glover. Danny Glover is like, yeah. he's, he's bad. <laughs> Chris has The Shining, Carrie, and The Incredibles. Maxwell, friend of the show, has Road to Perdition. Sandy has Training Day. Kind of, sort of, still not over it. Chris has The Losers. And lastly, Joe has Superman 3. <laughs> Richard Pryor. <laughs> he answered um, the question. <laughs> yeah, that well, is an answer. Uh, Tom Cruise and Collateral. Yeah. Mm. Oh. Mm. Yeah. That's a good answer. That's, that's a great good club one. scene. Yeah. yeah, I like the Road to Perdition shout out too. Uh, although it's it's still the main character, he's just like basically an antihero. But that is a fantastic film mm-hmm. that people don't talk about, you know, much at all. And like I, I feel like that was a definite precursor to like. Uh, Skyfall and Spectre oh, yeah, for, and for Sam Mendes for sure, and then yeah. Conrad Hall just killing it for his. I yep. guess it was final his final movie, I believe, right? Um, was, I remember they were filming that during my last year at Columbia in Chicago. So a lot of my classmates were were working crew on that movie because okay. it was all filmed all around Chicago. So that was fun. These are all good examples. So I'm like, I can't think of any other ones. Yeah, we're we're talking about actors who generally play good guys when they play a bad guy character, right? Uh-huh. I mean, Arnold mm. is Mr. Freeze, obviously, is one that we left out. But... Jet, Li, Jet Li and Lethal Four. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. 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 A, a movie we all celebrate for the abilities of Jet Li being taken down <laughs> by Mel Gibson yeah. and Switchbacks, Switchbacks Danny Glover, of course. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's get to our next question. Here's a twofer. Favorite films of Simon Pegg and Ving Rhames, not necessarily in the same movie. Uh, mm. Michael Lee, friend of the show, writes Ving Rhames films, uh, Pulp Fiction, Dawn of the Dead, Con Air, and Lilo and Stitch. <laughs> That's a good selection. Uh, Simon <laughs> Pegg films, the entire Three Flavors Cornetto trilogy, the first Star Trek reboot, the and the Adventures of Tintin, The Secret of the Unicorn. Mm. Uh, we are big Tintin fans on this show, so <laughs> it's just reach of our hearts here. Uh, Justin adds Ving Rhames, probably Pulp Fiction, also in the whole movie Dave. Oh, yeah, he's a Secret Service agent. And Simon Pegg, Box Trolls, also Hot Fuzz, World's End, and Shot of the Dead. I forgot, yeah, he's in Box Trolls. He's like the, the saddest character in that movie. Huh. Well, he's in Box Trolls, yeah. yeah. His name is uh, Herbert Trubshaw. He was in the game. I Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mike has uh, Shaun of the Dead, of course, for Simon Pegg. And Alan Aguilera has Simon Pegg in Band of Brothers. He put, like, the gif of, like, his one-second cameo in that show. Um <laughs> Offhand, I'm going to bring this up just because I rewatched Out of Sight recently. Ving Rhames and Out of Sight. Out of Sight is a perfect movie. <laughs> so, yes, uh-huh. that's, that's it a, is. Yeah. Damn good. Yeah. I remember watching that opening night, and it, I was one of like seven people in the theater. It was people? it was ridiculous. Like like it, it tanked. Yeah. Instantly, it was it was DOA. But uh, you know that that was one of those. That was one of the first times where I was like, "You guys gotta watch this movie. It's great." And you know, nobody. It's how it's not <laughs> um, um, but how come there's no love for Ving Rhames as Kojak? That's what I want to know. <laughs> I watched I watched four episodes of that USA series. That was the thing. Oh man, yeah, he, he was he he, totally he forget this. He loved you, baby. He had that. Uh, he had the lolly the lollipop and everything. He was he was there. <laughs> that was a thing that happened. Oh man. Irving Rames, but I would also go with that aside. Just like for him, that movie is fantastic, and also Shaun the Dead. How can you? I feel like that was our big introduction to Simon Pegg for all of us, for a lot of us, right? Yeah, for and, anyone that's uh, not loved wa- it. Yeah, and anyone that's not yeah. watching Space, which is you know yeah. America. Yeah, it's for sure America. Yeah. And then I we immediately went and found Space uh, when you back when you had to import it and everything, uh-huh. and uh, I love that as well. Those were the days. 
I do uh, think his his World's End performance might be my like his best performance for me as far as like it, as it is an, his as best an, as an actor yeah his goes. best acting role yeah. yeah certainly going on a lot of different levels there sad guy happy guy crazy guy drunk guy drunk guy <laughs> sober guy uh, nostalgia guy we keep going uh, next question who is the best female lead to co-star with Tom Cruise uh, Renee has I really enjoyed Emily Blunt Rosamund Pike and Kelly McGillis. Friend show, Alan has Renee Zellweger. Eric has Emily Blunt, was so good. Patrick has Rebecca de Mornay. Uh, Justin has, I really like Emily Blunt, but Rebecca de Mornay was my favorite. Also had a thing for Mia Sarah back in the day. Also would add to me more. Manish has Renee Zellweger. And lastly, Mike has Nicole Kidman. Mm. I mean, I've, I've seen Jerry Maguire so much. And I, I, do, <laughs> I do like that relationship it completes between, you? between him and, and Zellweger. I do think they, yeah. they work together on screen. Uh, for me, Emily Blunt. But at this point, uh, Rebecca Ferguson, like, just I love Ilsa Fowl so much. Really? Like, okay. I, she is definitely winning it for me at this point too. I'm glad somebody yeah. shouted out to me more from a few good men. It's nothing. Yeah. I don't think it's the best, but uh, you know, it's okay. Zach, did you have something? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling. Like, it's, it's, yeah. I, I guess I would land on uh, Jerry Maguire. I'm, I'm in terms of because, because otherwise, I mean, you know, it's Tom Cruise movies tend to be Tom Cruise movies, so it's hard for me to. When I think about him having romantic chemistry that feels natural, that, that's the closest I can come is Jerry Maguire. Next, our last question. Uh, favorite chase scenes that don't involve cars? Uh, Sandy has Top Gun. Uh, Michael has The Force Awakens, that Millennium Falcon chase with the TIE Fighters. Uh, Mike has any time dinosaurs chase humans in Jurassic Park movies. <laughs> uh, Chris writes the Casino Royale uh, parkour chase or District B13, which I think you brought up last week and great because District B13 is a wonderful movie. Mm. Uh, Christopher writes Tron and Tron Legacy, so the Tron cycles. Mm. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve, yeah, the light cycles. Stephen writes uh, the light cycle. Sorry, I say Tron cycles. What, what year is this? <laughs> 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 uh, guys, the Tron cycles. Um, Stephen writes Cliffhanger. Um, are they? I guess they're just foot chasing. I'm trying to think of the chase. They're, that they're hanging around. <laughs> and uh, Justin has face off, so the big, the big boat, boat chase. chase. Yeah. yeah, nice boat chase. I would say, uh, born ultimatum, the Tangier sequence is is. Oh yeah, yeah, the rooftop oh, okay. chase. Yeah, yeah. Um, the the well, I already mentioned the the opening chase scene in Casino Royale, so I guess I'll double up on that. But also, mm-hmm. um, in in Planet of the Apes, when they're chasing Chuck Heston through the city, uh, culminating mm-hmm. in him you know, getting hoisted up in the net. I uh-huh. think that's, you know, we talk about geography. I mean, you can, you can totally track what you're going, you're going on a tour of the whole city and it totally, you, the flow still works. You know, it's, I think it's a masterpiece of that kind of uh, filmmaking. The, um, the score, the Jerry Goldsmith score very much helps yeah. with that too. Just how kind of odd and out of place it seems. And it's so amorphous and mm-hmm. sort of uh, makes you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. We're trying to be cute and think of others. I can't think of any, like other specifically like, obscure. Did anybody mention the the asteroid chase in Empire Strikes Back? Nope, but that's a good one. Nope, that's, that's good. That, yeah, that's, that's for sure. Like I said, without cars, but I do. I like. I, know, I, I love. So... Well, I love shouting out a way of the gun, which does have. It has a slow has motion a car, car chase. They're just going super slow. Yeah, so it's, but, uh... it's not a traditional car chase, uh, but I do love it very much. One of the ones I really like, but it also has a SWAT van, is Terminator 2, where T-1000 is chasing with a helicopter, and then they just end up crashing. But uh, (laughs) unfortunately, that has a car. (laughs) Uh, Well, okay. Let's move to questions that the audience asked us, and feel free to answer everybody here. Uh, Alan from the show has, is Luther the best sidekick in movie history? And then friend of the show, Jordan Grout, also questions, what about Q from the 007 series? So is is Luther the best sidekick? 
I mean, he's he's there. <laughs> he's, he's there for his friend. He's, he solves situations. He helps out. He didn't betray anybody at the end of the first one, so he gets to be around for, for more. <laughs> so. That's a good point about the betrayal part, too, because sometimes they have to, like in a Crystal Skull, he's like, oh, no, you were my friend. No, I still am. I just had to double-cross you three times. I do like that Ving Rhames started out as, like, like heavy or bodyguard or what have you, and now he's just, like, hacker pro in my... <laughs> 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 Uh, Alan asks another question. He writes, uh, what do you feel has been the most impossible mission in Mission Impossible? Mm. The most impossible mission. Hmm. Interesting. I think keeping going after 22 years is better and better. That's mission unprecedented, right? Yeah. <laughs> we have no real reboots as far as like casting or anything like that. It's like... I mean, it's we're, we're at a point now where it's just like, you know, it, there's there's no precedent for a series to be this strong with the the same leading man this many years out and it you know back when ghost protocol was coming out they were like oh when you know we're putting renner in there to be like backdoor lead just in case tom cruise doesn't work out so who can possibly replace ethan hunt it's it's <laughs> funny rewatching that movie now and like in big bold letters right at the beginning it says a tom cruise production or like this is the movie renner is going to replace Cuban. it's like that's not <laughs> happening guys <laughs> <laughs> that's right he's been in there a few times well not this uh, well, time. He was hanging out with Hawkeye somewhere, apparently. <laughs> he's, a, he's under house arrest, too. <laughs> yeah. For whatever reason, yeah. He's still, um, he's still Alec Baldwin's milk. That's what it was. <laughs> Poor Alec Baldwin. Uh, next question. Where uh, Alan from the show asks, where is Kitteridge from uh, Mission Impossible? Where, where did he go, guys? He got replaced by Anthony Hopkins, who got replaced by Lawrence Fishburne, who got replaced by Tom Wilkinson, who got replaced by Alec Baldwin. So, <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Bring back Lawrence Fishburne. Now. Lawrence Bring Fishburne is great, Lawrence. yeah. He's so good. He is. Yeah, yeah we, were, we were talking about that on our Mission Impossible commentary. Lawrence Fishburne, he's such a, like, no-nonsense, like, I don't need your bullshit. Just tell me what I need to know. <laughs> I guess this is perfect, like... <laughs> I'm surprised he's outed. I'm surprised he's outed from the job. What did he do wrong? Like he seemed like he had things under control. <laughs> he wasn't standing for Billy Crudup shit, <laughs> as no one should, guys. Yeah, no one should. <laughs> uh, Chris writes, uh, "What's your favorite use of glasses or sun- slash sunglasses in a movie?" Oh, they live. Uh, they live. That's my answer. Right <laughs> yeah. Speaking of um, uh, Lawrence Fishburne, the first thing I thought of was in The Matrix when he's just got those uh, super reflective sunglasses that when, he wears all over the place. When it was cool to not have rims or not have um, not have uh, the the arms attached yeah, to, the arms. Sungla- to yeah. your glasses. Yeah. Or, Lawrence Fishburne was just that cool. It's like I just need a finger and I got my glasses on. No one else is pulling. <laughs> that. No one else is pulling that look off. Liquid metal. That's <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Uh, anything from you guys? Anything for in terms of favorite sunglasses? It, it's not a movie, but I'm going to say every time David Caruso would do that shit. On yeah! <laughs> it's a great meme. He didn't do it in uh, Jade a couple times? He didn't, uh, didn't pull that one off? That's the extent of my David Caruso humor. I can say something about Session 9, but that movie's awesome. Um, <laughs> what's next? <laughs> uh, next, Alan also asks, uh, is this, in fact, the greatest moment in film history in terms of uh, Henry Cavill reloading his arms? Which apparently... Uh, Macquarie said that was uh, an improv. Of course it was. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Just put the ruling out there now, guys. Yeah, it's sure, the greatest movie. Yeah, we yeah. got it. It's in the books. It bad. It's in the books. Yeah. Alan then at Alan was just apparently really wanted to ask his questions. He was on a roll. Yeah. Uh, who was the best director at to helm a Mission Impossible film, and why was it Brad Bird? Um, <laughs> Brad Bird did a really good job with uh, with Ghost Protocol. It, you know, as funny as or as much as much 
enjoyment as I get out of Macquarie films, I still think De Palma might have like done the best job directing a Mission Impossible movie, just as far as doing things that we know him to do, making a coherent spy drama that certainly feels very 90s, but still it, it hits all of the things that I know De Palma to do and doesn't quite yeah. well for a blockbuster that film. That movie honestly feels very 70s. I wouldn't even say 90s. Like it was De Palma kind of harkening back to uh-huh. the age of like 70s thrillers. So mm-hmm. it's definitely it's directed in a very particular way. So it's kind of interesting. But uh, I think what Macquarie is doing, like his combination of like big action and also like, you know, he he really understands this franchise. Yeah. There's right. no fat to these movies. Like they're just, they're just pure cinematic like uh, action. Uh, I don't know. I kind of appreciate that. That's a great way to describe it. Just no fat in it. And they're the longest of the franchise, too, and they still move. It's impressive. Yep. Yeah. Well, Alan continues with, what's your favorite Ethan Hunt haircut? Which is a question that I, I oh, that's asked a, good, that's a, a good while question. ago. Yeah. This is probably yeah. the most and important I, question we've gotten today. I, yeah, I still stick with Tom Cruise crew cut from Mission Impossible 1. Oh, you keep it simple. Yeah. It's functional. Yeah, I mean, doesn't get in your face. Two and four, he's rocking that long hair. I mean, he's got it in Rogue. It's, a, it's there, too. But, like... Two and four, two specifically. I mean, he's climbing rocks and doing all his <laughs> like because the because that movie wants to emphasize Cruz so much as far as I'm action guy now. Like he certainly they gave him the hair for it for that motorcycle chase and everything. And when he's doing like somersault kicks on the beach against not Wolverine, I mean, it all works out really well. <laughs> so you're going with the long hair? I'm going. I'm going with two. How about you guys? Okay. Where, where are you guys at? Ethan Hunt. That's some glorious hair. Yeah. I'm not, I'm gonna go with five. I thought that was like a good middle ground. That's true. Yeah, it's a little bit long, but still, he's combing it. It works, yeah. especially works when he's coming out of the the whole water thing, and he's wearing like that Hawaiian shirt or whatever as he's on that motorcycle chase. Like it's just you know, <laughs> <laughs> really relaxed. Um, we yeah. finally reached our last question. <laughs> this is more, since we've gotten like I think one question last week. It's like yeah, this is a nice change of pace. I guess Adam Gentry, friend of the show, writes, "Why were there doves? Why were there doves? Why not? Uh, yeah, why not?" Um, John Woo loves doves. John Woo does love doves. I even I wrote this down because I know he he's talked about it a lot. Uh, where he there's symbolism. There's symbolism for the purity of character souls. There you go. Yeah. That's a super solid answer. <laughs> that's, that's that's John Woo's yeah. reason. All right. Well, that's uh, enough feedback. Feedback. That was, just... that was it. You just said it once. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It I got really I got really confused. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's uh, let's start wrapping things up here. Let's move on to uh, Out Now Presents is Out Now. These are movies that are coming out on Blu-ray, DVD, 4K, streaming this week. Um, a few things here. First up, Tully. Yeah, enjoyed it. Go see it. Yeah, feel free to give a yay or nay when I when I read some of these titles a lot. But yeah, Tully. I said it as if it had an explanation point in it. That, uh... And it doesn't. <laughs> it, feels, it seems like a movie that could, though. Tully! Sure, yeah. <laughs> uh, Overboard. Uh, I heard mixed reviews on that. It was a success for, what is it, uh, what's his name, Anna, Anna Ferris and Eugene Debruzes? No thought, no one's overboard, apparently, so I got nothing on this. No, I'm, I was <laughs> yeah, trying, yeah, to, yeah. trying to think of his name, Eugene, Eugenio, or something, I can't remember his name either. I know, because he's had, like, what, like, how to, how to be a Latin lover, like, he's had a number right. of films, and that was... He's, he's, uh, he's really come on strong the past uh, decade, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, next up, The Miracle Season. This is, like, a volleyball sports drama with Helen Hunt as, like, the, the veteran actor involved in the cast. I have no idea what this sure. is, but it's out now, so there you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dark Crimes. This is a Jim Carrey drama, crime drama. Is that, that the one where he's the Irish detective? He ha- is he or Irish? Scottish detective or something like that? He oh, what is it? I think it's Polish. I think he's Polish in this. It's part. a Polish detective. <laughs> All right. Yeah, it, uh, it, I know if that's the same one. That was really in and out of theaters super quick. It, yep, it was. And um, I'm trying <laughs> really. Good. Yeah, it is Polish. It was Polish. Yeah, it, yeah, Polish. in and out. Yeah. No, no, no one. And it got like terrible reviews, is what I saw. 
Um, let's see. What's next? Counterpart, season one. I've heard of it. Devendra, you watch Counterpart, don't you? I did watch Counterpart. It is fantastic. Yeah. It is amazing. Yeah. It was one of my favorite spy things I saw this year. Um, so it's definitely worth... Uh, what channel was that? It's Stars? I think it's Stars. Yeah. Stars, yeah. It is worth like do the Stars trial membership, binge that show. It is incredible. And then uh, Killing Eve was also very good, too, this mm. year. Oh, I've heard a lot about Killing Eve, yeah. yeah. Oh, um, Counterpart, the one with J.K. Simmons. J- I see. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I, I have heard of that one then. Uh, let's see, Star Wars Rebels Season 4, which was the final season. Sure, I've heard good things. I, I, I was more of a fan of Clone Wars. I like certain things about Rebels. Zach, are you, are you a Rebels fan? I, I am a Rebels fan, yeah. It's a really good show. Right, let's see. Oh, this one I just wrote down because I really wanted to read the title. Lego DC Comics Superheroes colon Aquaman colon Rage of Atlantis. So it's a, it's a Lego's animated that's movie. They should have named, that's what James Bond should have named this movie, Rage of Atlantis. Ra- well, that's the sequel right there, Rage of Atlantis. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's Legos. I'm, I'm sure it's entertaining. Um, next up, let's see. I think this was on Kino this week. Village of the Dam, the 1960s uh, version. Sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, two Belushi movies coming out on Kino this week. Mr. Destiny and Taking Care of Business. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Both of those. Yeah. Zach, is there a Nostalgia Theater podcast for uh, Jim, Jim Belushi's uh, uh, I, not, 90s not catalog? Offing, but, no? but, you know, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed? Okay. <laughs> uh, on... I, 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 I will say I, I interviewed Jim Belushi about 20 years ago, and he was such a friggin' a-hole that, like, Probably the worst interview I've ever done. So, so <laughs> I'm, not in right. rush. Yeah. I'm not in a rush to reach out to him for another interview. <laughs> I mean, after um, Joe Somebody, I believe he's like he's taken up. Uh, he's more spiritual now. I'm trying to think 20 years ago. So that's 98. So <laughs> yeah, like 90, like 99. Yeah, because he he went to the same. I was uh, I was the entertainment editor at a community college called College of DuPage in Chicago, which he attended because him and him and uh, his brother both uh, went to that school in the Chicago mm-hmm. suburbs, um, so he was coming back for like a like a benefit concert, and he was such a prick on the phone. I was like, dude, I'm just I'm like a kid in college, just trying to talk to you for ten minutes. You know, it's being a creep. I'll never forget that. I was trying to think of what Belushi hit was coming out at that time that you needed to interview. Him for. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was see he was coming to the school to do a concert because he he has a band. I forget what it's called. But, Belushi uh, Brothers. The Belushi. <laughs> No, it was uh, I can't remember. But anyway, he was so it was basically just to talk up that concert. Mm, okay, but, but yeah, the sa- the Sacred Hearts Band. I just looked this up. That's it. That's what it, there it is. Yeah, <laughs> guys, we we teach things on this podcast. We did it <laughs> <laughs> uh, on Screen Factor this week. Piranha Two: The Spawning, James Cameron's debut feature that he was fired from. Mm. Uh, so that's out there now. And um, both GI Joe's movies are on 4K this week, so if you you know if you've been waiting to upgrade to those, you have them. Woo-hoo. That's exactly what I've been waiting for. Yeah, well there you go. There you can get them now. All right, that's what's on. Now let's move on to extremely cool. These are things that are now streaming on Netflix and Prime that I wanted to put note on. What do we have here? Netflix. We have this week uh, Orange of the New Black season six is now up there for uh, fans of that series. Um, Extinction. I watched this. It's with. Um, uh, Michael Pena in dramatic mode as opposed to hilarious mode and um, it's about the the, the I, I put this on Twitter it's as if like Skyline and Take Shelter suddenly merged because Michael what? Pena's character like has visions of like the world being invaded by aliens and then the world hey. gets invaded by aliens <laughs> and um, it's okay it, it, it feels it, uh, what, Lizzie Kaplan's also in this it, it's kind of and Mike Coulter which was strange I'm like oh Luke Cage is here that's fun um, it's okay 
uh, it's better than the one I talked about a few weeks ago with uh, Theo James and Forrest Whitaker. What's it? How it how it ends? I believe. Uh, <laughs> as far as dystopian movies where people have to band together at random times to accomplish things, this one it's pretty cheesy, but it has a couple. It has one twist from like, oh, okay, that's that's something I didn't see coming. But that's Extinction. That's on Netflix now. Um, also on Netflix, I noticed Eraser is on Netflix. I'm like, why not put that on the list? That's a fun movie. <laughs> You've been erased. <laughs> Um, on Prime this week, American Ninja 3, Blood Hunt. I wanted to point that out because why not? We mentioned that like a few weeks ago. Yeah, it, came, <laughs> it, it got a recent like Scream Factor release. I know a friend of show, Brandon Peters, he just covered that with Cullen on the Cult Cinema Cavalcade podcast. So I'm like, oh, well, there you go. You can watch the movie and then listen to that show. Yeah. Um, also, b- movies I would have liked Denzel to make a sequel to, Out of Time is now on Prime. That's just, that's just a fun <laughs> Denzel movie. <laughs> It's on it's on the lower side of things, but it's still better than Equalizer. Um, and the last season of The Americans is now on Prime, and uh, I, I'm a huge oh, fan of The Americans. Oh, I know Davinci, you're a big fan of The Americans as well. Uh, it, that's a, oh yeah, love it. Yeah, that's certainly a show I recommend. And so that, that I believe that makes all of the seasons now available on Prime. Uh, cool. So for some reason you're like I'm sleeping on the show that everyone talks about and not enough people watch. This is the time to watch all of it because it's all on Prime. Um, all right, that's extremely cool. Next week's show. Next week we'll be talking Christopher Robin. We're gonna go back in time. Is it back? In, is it modern? Is it back in time? It's modern, is but it? you know he's he's got to go revisit his past. I watched that first trailer. I haven't seen. I've only I've only seen like bits and pieces of other trailers. Like I, you know, I, I I kind of think, oh, maybe it is set back in time. But no, yeah, I guess it probably would be modern. Yeah. For more, they're zany, all gonna get cell phones. More zany, and- more zany antics involving Pooh Pooh and the and the gang. Right. Yeah. All right. Uh, last thing we do here: what should people go and see now, and what do you plan to see next, Zachy? What should people see in theaters right now? I don't know. No, see Mission Impossible Fallout. That's what I would say. Uh, that's uh, that's the extent of what I've seen recently. So <laughs> go see it. Get on. It is. What do you see next? Uh, Christopher Robin. All right. Yep. Devinger, what should people see in theaters right now? Uh, I mean, of course, they're going to see Fallout. But I would also say go see Blind Spotting and go see Sorry to Bother You because they're both like incredible movies with such energy. And so they're so unique. While also, like, I think reflecting a lot about what's happening in the world right now. So check both out. That is very true. What are you seeing next? What is next for me? I think I'm going to see The Meg this week, so I'm really looking forward to that. Oh, okay. right. Yeah, I've heard good things. I'm I'm excited about that one, for sure. Yeah, I, I, I like a good big <laughs> shark movie, and if it delivers big shark doing stuff, I'm, I'm you know, that seems like it satisfies. Um, Abe, what about you? Yeah, A Commission Possible, if you haven't seen that, and then also the other super small movies, like what Devinder had mentioned, but also 8th Grade. Um, and next... I'm not sure, actually. It's probably going to be Christopher Robin. Yeah, I uh, would definitely recommend Fallout. Definitely recommend uh, Blind Spotting. Sorry to bot. There's a lot of, like, really good smaller Small films right movies, now. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and documentary. And docs, yeah. Like, uh, Won't You Be My Neighbor is still out there. Uh, Identical Strangers is out there. Uh, not a documentary, but Leave No Trace, I keep mentioning. But Leave No Trace is very good. That's still out there in select theaters. So, yeah. And, yeah, eighth grade as well. Yeah, lots of good stuff. And, uh, yeah, next I am seeing Christopher Robin and uh, Darkest Minds this week. See if, there you uh, go. If uh, Jennifer U. Nelson can... Uh, deliver off of kung fu panda movies to to uh, live action so uh, we'll see and yeah that's uh that's gonna do it for this week's episode of out now with her name you can find more of my work on my personal blog the code all my wit- written movie reviews from various sites i write for is located there you can also find me on uh, we live entertainment i'm currently covering uh preacher um you can also mm, find me right. on uh twitter at aaron's ps4 Abe. find me on instagram abe1.jpg twitter.com slash moose hashtag fallout 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 and uh <laughs> sub 640 the podcast Zaki Hassan, where can people find more of your work online? Uh, you can go to my website, zakiscorner.com. That's the A-K-I-S corner. That's also my Twitter. That's also my Instagram. Uh, you can also check out the Movie Film Podcast, which comes out every two weeks. 
Uh, we just dropped two commentaries uh, two weeks ago, Die Hard and The Dark Knight, and also the Nostalgia Theater podcast. Most recent episode is my interview with Steven Weber talking about Wings and mm. uh, The Shining and Studio 60. It's a great conversation, honestly, probably my favorite interview uh, I've done for that show uh, really just a good time, and I hope people will enjoy listening to it. I'd love great. to hear about. Uh, the yeah. I'd love to hear him talk about The Shining. I, I really Same. Like to hear that oh, he's got some great, great stories about making that. Yeah. All right, Devinger Hardware. Where can people find more of your work online? Oh, I'm at Devinger on Twitter. I write about tech and gadget, and also check out the Slash Filmcast at slashfilm.com. All right. You can find all the other episodes of Out Now with Aaron and Abe over on iTunes as well as on Audioboom. HHWOD, SoundCloud, and Podomatic. Feel free to email us any thoughts you might have had on this week's show over at OutNowPodcast at gmail.com. Or you can answer questions, ask questions, send us feedback, etc. GIFs over at Facebook.com slash Podcast or tweet us at Twitter.com slash OutNow underscore podcast. And speaking of GIFs, send us plenty of GIFs of Tom Cruise running over at OutNowPodcast.tumblr.com. <laughs> If he's running next to scary clowns, please send those to Abe as well. That's definitely That's what we need. That's weird. Yeah. yeah. But, but I'm, I'm sure might, might have happened in War of the Worlds. I'm not sure. It's entirely possible. Oh, there's some good running in War of the Worlds, guys. We forgot about that one completely. Oh, that's a good one. He's, yeah. run, he's running a lot. He's, he's outrunning laser blasts from, from tripods in that movie. <laughs> and he's dusted and everything. He, he, he does win that sandstorm race, Abe. That's what happens that one. I just want to delay the entire end of this podcast to talk about this scene. (laughs) Get me back. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Devendra, Zachy, thank you both for joining us on this week's episode. So much. Thank you. Thanks a lot. This is a lot. Anytime, guys. For sure. Yeah. And um, that's going to do it for this week's show. So until we collect our old toys and talk about things next time, that's going to do it. So until then, so long. Goodbye. You can't fight the friction. Now it's a film podcast <laughs> When we try and read it on the air, it's going to be like... Blah, blah, blah. No, no, everybody. everybody. I really wait on that one this weekend. <laughs> I wasn't sure how the, I'll have to listen back to the audio. Keep doing your thing, man. Keep doing your thing, man. Let's move on now. What, uh, what time is it, Abe? Abe, or oh, Aaron, I think it's time for a quick game here. <laughs> That's, <he> said, <laughs> That's how we do it.